0: Welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 41, uh, the first episode of 2023 and once again with this John J Wolf. How are you John J Wolf in 2023?
1: Still chubby baby. Happy 2023 <laughs> everyone. Happy 2023 to you sir, Mr. B. I'm looking forward to a really good year. Um this is Not a full year for us, but this is technically year two for us. So looking forward to a lot of great things. How about yourself, man? Looking forward to anything outside of reality
0: in 2023. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, 2023 in reality has not been good, but uh, outside of reality, and there's still a lot more of 2023 with this podcast and other stuff. I am looking forward to it as well and get to uh, do a lot of fun shows. Just like we ended twenty twenty two on a high note with forty episodes, in what six months we're going to see the episodes twenty twenty three has in store for us this
1: year. Well, fingers crossed. We just keep getting better and better. Either way, Uh, my thing is, I just want to give thanks. Uh, the The family around GCW, GCW fans, talents that show up on GCW have been nothing but kind to us. They've been encouraging. They've been positive. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. And then personally, why not? I want to thank my family. They put up with my dumb ass. And they're really supportive of us sitting here as fans and just bullshitting together. So I'm thankful for that. On your end, brother, thank you too. I appreciate everything that we end up doing together. Um, that's all the sappy shit I got in me, my friend. Same thing. i, I uh thankful for family. Thankful.
0: um for all the listeners out there as well, uh, I know we haven't recorded. We're a couple shows behind. I did have family emergency going on, but um, we have now kind of worked that out to a point where at least we'll hopefully be able to kind of get back on a our non-normal schedule. <laughs> I don't think we ever had one anyway, but no, uh, no
1: get back we to were hopefully. consistently inconsistent
0: <laughs> right yeah. so uh no same thing though thanks uh for all the understanding out there i did get a couple uh nice notes from a couple people out there that was nice man. Uh, yeah thankful for family ultimately because uh we still have family around and mm-hmm. uh thankful for what 2023 has in store so far not so good but like i said there's still a lot more it can only go up and i'm looking forward to all the fun things that hopefully 2023 has a source for us for gcw for our podcast and for everything else and yeah once again thank thank you to you as well for uh popping on the podcast and dealing <laughs> with my bullshit as well so uh yeah it works out man yeah
1: Uh gcw in la i know we're heading out there at some point here soon so fingers crossed we can get out there and have a good time same thing i'm hoping to meet some people out there hoping to say hi to a lot of people there's listeners out there please come up say hi i'll be there with my family they're just as nice um please 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 it would be a really good time to have with everyone if we could just say hello together
0: yeah we uh we will be there too we did get our tickets we're not sitting with you you're on the floor
1: correct Is that the ones you uh think? yeah i'm on the floor front row so you know down there with the action come mm-hmm. find me
0: yeah this time we're uh <laughs> since we're bringing our son for it's uh it's going to be his uh his birthday we are we got the front row on the stage so hopefully uh yes. we should be nice and safe from any uh fuckery that might happen there that was i honestly think though, those are
1: you. fantastic spots too man i think you really have the secret to the spots because you're flush with the stage yeah you, yeah i mean
0: and with we're going to yeah, be like right there we can see see it very clearly it's uh i've kind of sat on the stage like one time just to kind of like see what the look the view was from up there and it was pretty cool like it's a di- it's a different uh perspective of it but it's still like awesome see there won't be anybody pushing their way in front of us and we'd be able to see what's going on and stuff like that so that's a that's a good thing
1: wasn't is that the hard cam the hard cam yeah is right the hard am gonna be
0: honest the entire time for sure
1: well, what I mean is that's the same angle and everything, right? They shoot from the stage, I think. Um, they shoot on the opposite
0: side of the stage. There's kind of like when you oh, walk sorry, in. Oh, sorry, yes. When you walk in, it's kind of about the same height, but there's a couple steps that lead down. I, it's probably around the same height, though. So, yeah, I'll be right there mm-hmm. directly across from the hard cam the entire night. I'm going to throw some shit at you, dude. <laughs> no, I don't know I what got- I'm going to throw on it. Uh, You're going to have to watch, streamer, you're going to have to, where you're sitting, you're going to have to watch out for beer bottles and buckets full of beer and everything like that. That shit happens. You better hope no one turns heel or anything like that.
1: Okay. So we've been talking about thankfulness. I'm going to also say that we have been on some things with GCW this year that I especially have said, hey, these are some things I'd like to have. I know, B, you're kind of on board with a lot of these things. We talked a lot about uh, video packages just in you know having storylines gcw has really done a good job on making sure they put these video packages together these storylines have been fantastic as of recent especially the video and audio quality used to be a thing at one point it seems to be a thing of the past now i'm really thankful for that the nick gage storyline seems to be uh seems to be interesting and um i'm really hoping to see i'm really interested to see who they're going to keep bringing in for gage to fight because boy has it been everyone and everyone like i didn't say that right but yeah it's it's just been everyone across the board like leo rush to you know the biggest men you can find out there it's really it's really fantastic venue choices also man some of these venues are just love them you're a venue guy too, man.
0: Yeah, I know I, you know the venues. What stick out to me is like at certain places, I just remember, like I remember the venue was in, but I couldn't tell you the the show name or any of that and any of that stuff. But like <laughs> if you say like a matchup, like okay, I remember it was like in the the FET arena and stuff like that. So yeah, the venues have been awesome. The storylines, yeah, we always say storyline, storyline, especially. uh, for these New Year's shows that we're going to cover uh we're going to cover the first one tonight Till Infinity that one I took quite a bit of notes of where I thought maybe it would lead us towards some storylines going into the Rumble the next night and mm. a couple of my predictions kind of came true uh one really hit and I was kind of really glad and we'll talk about that during that episode but um the storylines always what's keep I think for us, get us more emotionally involved and stuff like that. So any storylines we could get, it's been awesome, especially now with the Pero and Charles Mason going against Thrusty. It's been a, that's been a fun little story in it of itself as well.
1: And then you have the fact that GCW is running America right now. They've been in England, Mexico, Japan in 2022. I'm really excited to see where they're going to go in 2023. I hope for some of these places, they go back. And I hope this brings an influx of uh, foreign talent to America. So we can really enjoy more of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in how what the Canada shows are going to look like. I'm, um, I don't know the whole Canada wrestling rules and commissions, if there are even out there or whatnot, but mm-hmm. that one looks like it's a, uh, I'm always interested, especially like the Toronto crowds. Cause I think Toronto's one of the better wrestling cities. Whenever any company goes out there, they always seem to turn up and are very, very knowledgeable on the product and, um, have a lot of fun chants and seem into the show and stuff like that, where they're not taken away from the show. So I'm mean, interested just Canada is going to be a fun one. I think
1: for me, uh, that's the one I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And Canada's wrestling country too. So too. hopefully they enjoy it. I believe. I believe they're sold out up there. I may be wrong. Maybe it was just something I saw in the front row. I'm not no, sure. No, you're right. I I think I saw too. that like,
0: like they just released the tickets and then like almost sold out the first day. Like Brett was. I think Fantastic. Brett even tweeted is like, "Whoa!" Like the response has been awesome. Like we still do have some seating, but we with this mm-hmm. like kind of re, with you guys buying all the tickets, we might be coming back here sooner than we thought. So. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully Toronto turns out to be very uh, good for GCW.
1: Canadian Brothers and Sisters fans up there. That's what they are. So hopefully they come out loud. And personally, I hope they come out with streamers. That would be a fun one. Yeah. Okay, so this is the deep one, but it's a very broad. um, This is expanding on something Effie spoke of on his podcast. And I wanted to kind of speak about it a little further. Um, Effie said that people are coming to the shows to be entertained. I agree with him. They spend their hard-earned money so that they can have a good time. So if he said that they aren't coming to watch two men, you know, kind of nerd out to themselves by doing amazing wrestling maneuvers. Kind of, you know what, more or less kind of showing the guys in the back what they're capable of and what they can do instead of more or less playing to the crowd who paid to be entertained. And... I love pure wrestling matches, but I think his concern here that you were talking about was the fact that there are people that are more or less thinking of themselves in this case. It's not about just the wrestling. they're you know they're saying that people are just thinking of themselves and going out there and and uh, not really playing to the crowd and giving the crowd their money's worth and a real shell. and um, I don't know, you're a real real fan of of real wrestling, and so am I. so I know it's uh, it's it's wrong. It's obviously wrong, and I don't know who he was talking about, but do you want to speak at all on this at all, or yeah, a weird one man, yeah, so when I first saw the clip, I saw like the one minute clip at first, and then I saw
0: someone else had like a five minute clip that kind of went a little bit more involved with it, but not really um like naming not naming names, he doesn't do that, but like he i what I first got from it and reading some through some of the comments as well was like i don't I think he was more talking about wrestlers that were not trying to go out there and entertain the people that paid their ticket to be entertained by the wrestlers the wrestlers yeah. were more worried about looking good to the boys in the back and trying to make sure that the boys they 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 wanted to earn the stamp of approval from the other wrestlers in the back instead of seeing how they felt again the stamp of approval from the fans and nephews trying to like for me, what I pictured was like Effie saying like, no, like our main job is to the fans paid money to see us. That's who we're supposed to entertain. We're not supposed to entertain the boys in the back and kind of like, Hey, like, what'd you think of that? And stuff like that. Like it shouldn't matter what the boys in the back I think it should matter what the fans think because they're the ones that pay their hard-earned money to go see you perform for them. So that's yeah. what I took from it. But I saw like a lot of people thinking that they were like, Saying like they were went out there to like show off and stuff like that. Where I think Effy was like, "No, like we just got to make sure our folk, main focal point as wrestlers is to entertain the fans and not entertain peers and per se." So I see that. I see that.
1: I mean, I'm not I'm not in that group, so I don't uh, you know I can't I can't sit here with a hard opinion because I haven't been in that spot. But I can see where. Effie is trying to stick to a specific point. And I think he's just saying, look, the people were possibly bored with that. And your point was to go out there on that stage and, you know, make everyone whatever. And I I just only mentioned it because Effie has a fantastic podcast and I like listening to it. And he mentioned this real quick. And I just wanted to talk about it here just for just that quick moment, um, just to touch on it, because I thought it was a fantastic point. And. I do think of some performers that are excellent technically, and they can technically they can they can technical themselves into almost a sleeper kind of match that if you're not educated, you're going to lose a lot of younger viewers, especially they'll jump on their phones kind of thing. Even live. I've seen kids jump on their phones if it's too technical.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I'm I like a big fan. Like I know like a wrestler that comes to my mind, but like I don't feel that same way. When I watch Mm -hmm. it, but I've heard a lot of people do is the Gresham, where it's more like you said, it's holds going into holds into holds. Where I'm like, like I trained like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and like MMA for a little bit before I did actually like wrestling training. When I uh, started wrestling training as well, so like when I wrestled, I kind of like I was like ground based. I couldn't do the high flying lucha shit. Like I just wasn't coordinated for that shit. So I kind of have a strong, like, I love what Gresham does because he tells, like, cool stories and stuff like that in the match, and he works body parts, but he's also such a great, like, seller, too. Like, I was watching a match with um him and Lee Moriarty on, like, Rampage, and I just love how he does, like, certain things to, like, distract the ref where it's not, like, completely obvious, but, like, he unwrapped his wrist tape and threw it on the ground, and the referee goes and picks it up, and then, like, while the referee's not looking, Gresham, like... <laughs> tapped little Moriarty in the balls and, and like in the round, you're just like, what, what so he entertains the fans. I think with that way, but when he's actually going like chain wrestling, hold for hold for hold, I could see a lot of people, especially a lot of the friends I talk to wrestling fans that they don't like that kind of style. They like the more high paced young bucks or two Braun Strowman and Walter going at it like this week. So I prefer like, all these kind of types of wrestling. I like the variety of it and stuff like that. So I think Gresham, in my eyes, that can definitely be one of those people that does the technical stuff very, very good. But I think he kind of gets a bad rap from certain fans, that especially as you said nowadays that we want. The instant gratification where if you don't got right, yeah, two minutes right. to grab my attention, oh, you're in the same move. Let me go to my phone and see what's on Twitter and stuff like that where they miss out on other little things. And the little inter- intricacies that Jonathan Gresham does to kind of make it seem like it's a more realistic version of wrestling instead of just like, hey, give me your foot. Let me do this. Like he will work for that foot and stuff like that. So I really enjoy what Gresham does, but I know he kind of gets categorized as as one of those wrestlers that uh, people go to their phones with and stuff like that and don't stay entertained and involved in the match.
1: And it's fair and not fair. You know, I understand yeah. when kids wouldn't get it, but at the same time, at that high level of talent, it really is cool to see that exchange go back and forth, which for people like us, the older guys that appreciate the chess match behind it, we get it. But... Yeah. I had to just talk about it just because I know we're both fans of technical wrestling and I thought it was just an interesting, you know, just an interesting thing to touch on. I
0: think I like uh, was just saying that in general too, not just like for technical wrestlers, just like, yeah, Hey, don't yeah. do a move just cause like you just learned it and you want to show the boys in the back, like, Hey, look this cool move. I do, even though it has nothing to do with the actual match of itself, like entertain the fans, tell the story to the fans. Like don't entertain the people like, I don't know. Like I, like as actors, you want to entertain, you're doing the movie for the fans. You're not doing the movie for yourself while making the movie kind of thing. So right, right, I, right. I actually really like when he said that, because I do see his, some of that going on, but it's also independent wrestling. So it's not like,
1: <laughs> right. it's not right. like the big leagues where it's that noticeable. So, right. And I get that. I, I wanted to go on something else too, and I don't have it on paper, but I wanted to touch on it for a minute. Um, pwg's best of la was something that i wish i need to get down there and get to that i know we're on gcw but here's why i mentioned it here's some of the participants in bola ah speedball mike bailey commander alex shelley john gresham aramis jordan grace leo rush black taurus latigo daniel garcia and bandito that primarily sounds like An average Saturday night at a GCW show. And the surprise that happened at the end of night two on BOLA, which was kind of
0: crazy. Like, that's what made me go like, oh, my God. I wanted to go to this one as well. Like, especially when Mm -hmm. they announced Leo Mm -hmm. Rush versus Speedball. Like, that was it for me. But I just knew with kind of stuff what was going on and everything, like, I wouldn't be able to have the time for it. But once uh, Jericho Appreciation Society showed up at PWG, I was like, what are you, are you kidding me? Like now, like they're going to have like special pop-ups like that. It's like kind of like GCW where Cardona or Moxley shows up. It's like, whoa, what is this giant name doing on like independent wrestling? It's so cool. It was cool to see it, but I had the, the fear of missing out. I was like. Once Leo, I saw Leo Rush get hurt on uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and then I, the, he said he wouldn't be able to wrestle Bola. I was kind of like, oh, okay, maybe I can still hopefully see Leo versus Speedball in a GCW show, because I think that's another company that both, both of those work at all the time. So I was like, maybe we'll get that match at some point in GCW. But when I saw Jericho Appreciation show up, I was like, oh that my fear of missing out and pops back up again. I'm like, I love Jericho right. and everything. So, uh, that was uh, a, that was a fun one. But I actually think the the card for the Jacob, and this is like, not just a GCW bias, the Jacob card and like their lineup for participants is oh shit, pretty yeah. solid as well. Like I'm actually really looking forward to the Jacob as, as I would have like the PWGs boldos because they've always have tremendous lineups as well. But I think this is a nice, uh,
1: Nice lineup as well, the East Coast version. You know, OK, so I'm actually going over to GCW as we speak right now, because I'm going to pull up the J-Cup real quick and look at those participants, because when I looked at it, it was just like there there wasn't a bad participant in there. Here we go. Just for everyone who hasn't had a chance, as of 22 hours ago from this recording, Speedball Mike Bailey, Alex Shelley, John Gresham, Commander, Ares, Jack Cartwheel, Joey Janella, Jordan Oliver, Cole Radrick, Tony Depp, and Blake Christian, Alec Price, Billy Stark, Starboy, Leo Rush, Dante Leon, Marcus Mathers, Dylan McKay, Charles Mason, and Yo-Yo. Holy mackerel. That's a, I mean, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, right up there. Yeah. Uh I think they said like every match is
0: one on one uh except one. I think one's gonna be like a little scramble match in the opening round, is what I thought I heard Brett say on the GCW podcast. But oh, that, that is
1: so exciting.
0: Yeah, that lineup is I put that right up there with any PWG lineup that they could put out there, especially at the moment, because I like I mean a lot of those first competitors, I think the first four or five did participate in Bola as well. So uh but I yeah, the Jacob I'm very much looking forward to seeing. Like, I'm actually and, excited for that show. And it's free on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. <laughs> like, that's gonna be insane. You're getting a PW PWG show, but on free for free on YouTube with well, JCW.
1: Right. And oh, okay, I'm looking down the list. In the next three years, I think a lot of these guys will be on to bigger and better things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, I think I think a lot. I mean, look at this Mike Bailey. Alex Shelley could be training anyone, anywhere, at any time, and he's still active. Gresham could move up if he really, really wanted to, possibly again. You have Commander's going to move up, I think, at one point. Adres is over here, and he's really kicking ass. I mean, you could just go down this list and keep going, and there's people on here that I think in the next three years will be elsewhere, and I mean that in a good way only. I think that there's quite a few here who need to be picked up and really looked at more. I'm really happy to happy to see Tony Deppen really being looked at like he should. Um, Same thing, Billy Starks. I really hope she gets more eyes on her. I think she's fantastic and she's just coming to, and uh, well developed as a wrestler at her age for sure.
0: Yeah, I. uh, What's his name? Oh my god! Sorry, I just forgot. No, it's okay. No, I. Tell me what he does. Right. No, (laughs) tell um, me what he does. With what's the name? You just—it was the one right before Billy Starks.
1: Oh, um, well,
0: oh, jeez, yeah, well, with Billy, uh, Tony Deppen, Tony Deppen, yeah. So I'm glad yeah. that by the just by the last Ring of Honor show, it looked like he wasn't just going to be a quote unquote gatekeeper for Ring of Honor. Like I'm glad he's even getting the opportunity to be a part of the Ring of Honor roster because, uh right. I think he fits right in perfectly. But I also get scared because of how a lot of these especially Tony Khan lately assigning signing these wrestlers based off of age and uh, notoriety and stuff. I thought maybe Tony Deppen would kind of be left alone. Cause especially right when ring of honor was bought, Tony Deppin was doing some pretty good things with ring of honor. And I was kind of hoping he'd be part of the crew and not just getting like the big names from ring of honor and the young talent to go there. I'm kind of glad they are using Tony Deppin. And it looks like he's going to be in a storyline with this uh, pure, pure belt. Cause when they showed, Daniel Garcia versus Yuta, they showed Trent Seven first, I think. Uh-huh. And then they showed like kind of like the NXT, like, oh, look who's in the crowd watching this match, Trent Seven. You got Tony Depp. And so it looks like he's going to be a part in, in the title chase, which is awesome to see. Like I said, I was afraid he'd be kind of a gatekeeper for Ring of Honor, but it sounds like they're going to be using him in storylines and going for a belt, which is awesome because Tony Depp, and I think for pure for the pure belt, I think he's a very mm-hmm. good choice to be a pure Ring of Honor pure champion, especially being the lovable asshole that he is to us. Like <laughs> we could, I like, I would like to see him kind of do these antics during pure matches and kind of uh, like using what he has to like the three punches, using them like how they did at the beginning, like, Oh, use your two right away. And then now you do a third, you're disqualified, but he would find creative ways to use it. So that way it would, it would, really get more effect out of that punch where it, it was used to get a big advantage for him during the match. So I'm excited to see what Tony Deppin does in ring of honor, but with Billy Starks also now turning 18, I could see her getting signed and maybe being part of the ring of honor women's division to kind of start uh, building her that way. So at, at a
1: young age, I would throw her on AEW. Well, she I was on AEW. On. Yep. I think I would, I would keep her there and develop her for a year or two. I just I think, think with think the woman, yeah, be-
0: the women's division of AEW is kind of like too stacked, where I think if the Ring of Honor is going to keep the Women's Championship with uh, I think Athena's the Ring of Honor Women's Champion now, I think there would uh-huh. be a nice good way to kind of build up some young talent that aren't being used on AEW because yeah. there's a, quite a few of them that there but aren't being used i think that could be said men and women just in general for AEW. where i think ring of honor is gonna be good to showcase a lot more of these talents like blake christian that they have an ar fox mm-hmm. where like they just kind of save the tv time the AEW tv time for the bigger names but could use ring of honor to create nick waynes and billy starks and build them up naturally and through ring of honor crowd and stuff like that so that's how i would book billy but i i agree like talent why she doesn't need like quote unquote developmental, I think she could go right up there and still learn on the job, kind of and get it, yeah, yeah, and progress faster that way. But I just think it's just so crowded now with such bigger names, where I think she would be best using Ring of Honor overshadowed at the, at the time, yeah, for sure. Where yeah, like it's like, do you want to be on the varsity team and be a backup, or do you want to be on JV and get a lot of playing time to? progress and show showcase your talents where oh, on varsity you'll never yeah. play a lot so but we know you're good enough to be there but we just don't have the the time on the team to give you the or time on
1: television yeah. to showcase you and stuff like that basically not yet yeah it's what you're kind of saying on that one yeah and De- Deppen totally ROH totally ROH and um gosh who else so like Christian like Christian's up there Oh shit. Totally ROH also. Now Alec Price, I think he's in between AEW and ROH because he's got a lot to him there. And um with a little bit of tooling and a little more time, I think AEW, you could see him again on YouTube probably eventually and then develop through. I don't know. There's a lot of there's there's a lot, lot, of lot of fun time. Yeah. There. Exactly.
0: A lot of talent, a lot of fun things that could be done and probably are going to be done in wrestling in 2023. It's already been a
1: crazy wrestling year. It's been two weeks of all the other news and stuff like that as well. Freaking Dante Leon is tearing up in Japan right now. Mm -hmm. There's another good one that I just wanted to mention real quick before, you know, we move on. uh, Wow.
0: I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking, I don't see it advertised on, youtube has as they normally do so they might and i mean that's such a stacked card as well i would actually put that on fight tv as well if i were fight plus if i was them like right. but i mean you could put it on youtube as well because that would just help the gcw brand but it's under jcw so i don't know i think it would get more traction on fight tv than it would youtube just because it's going to be under the jcw name as a jersey cup so
1: yeah lucky jersey baby
0: that's, I can't, I'm actually can't wait for that term. That's like the talent in it and the wrestling, it's just going to be a pure, just straight wrestling tournament. Like it's It's going to be nice to see. We always see these death match tournaments. We don't really see straight up cards with like this, like it's just actual wrestling with no death match stuff. So I I think they could, they should start making this kind of like a yearly thing, like how they do a TOS and a, and um, a Nick Gage invitational. I wouldn't mind seeing a pure wrestling match uh, tournament going on.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see Bloodsport in some aspect back. I uh, I don't know what the politics are behind it. And I don't know, but I would like to see those back. I really enjoyed those.
0: I'm thinking it'll probably be collective cuz last time Bloodsport was in LA, it was actually got a it was actually I thought it was really good. It wasn't during the collective. I don't think it wasn't during the collective, but like they were there last year at some point. I think for like a two-nighter or something like that. And then like on a, one of the nights they did um Bloodsport and It was good. It was a really good one. I think that we had uh, Mm a lot of the New Japan talent as well, which I kind of enjoyed watching because they're kind of the strong style MMA kind of stuff. So, Bloodsport, yeah, that'd be a nice little fun once a year, too. Like, kind of add, like, yeah, MMA, like, add the pure wrestling, then have the deathmatch tournaments. Yeah. I'm all for tournaments. I really like tournament wrestling as well. Even like, it doesn't have to go like, two matches or doesn't have to finish in a night. I just kind of like the whole tournaments to decide number one contenders or new titles too. Cause it makes those matches feel important. And those people in the matches are elevated ranking wise, quote unquote, if there are actual rankings or whatnot, but it just makes it f- every match. Those feel like way more important. And it has a lot more, uh, gr- yeah, gravitas behind it to have certain winners and losers and stuff like that. So I'm all for, yeah, blood sport tournament being thrown in there once a year as well.
1: Hopefully we get yeah. at the collective though. That, that, uh, the building of anticipation in each match as it starts to go up the card and we're in the semifinals and I love that tension and it brings so much to matches and I'm with you there. Tournaments for me are just, I love them. If we can get it in in one day, I'd like to really do it that way. I hate doing two days unless I have to. Yeah. But, uh but I mean, if you have to start early and go late, fuck it, do it. But uh, yeah, two days are a little rough sometimes. Not, I'll take it any way I can get it. No shit, I'm not going to complain about good pudding.
0: Yep, I agree with you. I'm the same. Like it makes when you get a day off in between. Like I guess it does kind of create like, oh, you could afterwards like kind of like review and preview what just happened. So it kind of gives you more time to sit on it and kind of build up that in- anticipation for the next day. Mm-hmm. But then I also think it takes away a lot of the heat and the buildup that has happened at that current time. Cause like, you're so amped and you want to see it finish now. It's like, Oh, like you go, you get it all the way up and then now you got to come back down and then try to build it back up for the next day where if yeah. it was like, you said a one day tournament, it's going up and up and up and up and up. So, uh, yeah, I, I prefer one day as well, but this is like 20 competitors almost in the Jacob. So yeah, they did have to have at least describe what is that all number 17. I forgot who was 17, but when I saw 17, I'm like well, they're going past 16. Like how deep is this going to go? Because right. I thought with sixteen they could probably still do it in one day, but if it means that we get longer matches on both days, like instead of just rush twelve minute matches, if we get a couple twenty minute matches, I think I'm down for it. Especially Gresham. I'm a
1: speedball again. I'm big on eight man tournaments, and yeah. I'm also big on qualifiers. So let's yeah. see. With an eight man, you have four, then you have two, then you have one. I mean, that's a loaded show. That's seven matches right there but you could put in wild card qualifiers since we're in wild card weekend. We just got out of in football. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe have a scramble winner. of The scramble goes into the opening round. That's a great way to deal with overflow of the, of, uh, talent. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I, don't, I actually wasn't thinking Scramble. Actually that I like
0: that way more. I was thinking like, you know how they have like the little rumbles or um not the rumbles, what do they call those? Battle royales and stuff like that. Like I don't mm-hmm. mind those. Like I don't just I don't like to do that more often, but that's for GCW, that was a perfect idea. That scramble. Here you go. We got we got one through fifteen in there. Now it's number sixteen through twenty-two. Battle it out, see who's gonna get number sixteen. Like I I do like that exactly. idea, especially in a scramble match because especially uh we saw the scramble that happened on New Year's Day on the GCW show that was top of the line scramble there and that could be like those big names fighting for that last spot in the rumble in this case Well, a spot in the rumble for this case the last spot but that made that made that scramble match feel a lot more important and you could see the talent step it up cuz that was one of the like when we talk about it on the next podcast uh that was one of the best scrambles I've seen GCW do be, not just because mm-hmm. of all the name talent but because there was a like a carrot at the end should show up in the next night's rumble at the 30th spot. So if you do that for a tournament to get that last spot in the tournament, that's, that was, that was good. I like that.
1: No, it's just an idea. And the other one would be, um, there are two ways to enter the tournament. One is you go one-on-one with someone and then you enter the first round of the tournament. Let's just say later down the road, when the tournament's being taken place or your other option is you can enter a scramble. And if you win, you start At the tournament at level two. You skip around, yeah. Basically, what I'm saying is you have to beat so many men. That kind of makes it interesting because that creates extra tension when they go, oh shit, Moxley or whoever. Moxley, that's kind of funny. (laughs) Whomever. Wants to throw their hat in the ring against six, so they can skip the opening round. Basically, they are betting on their talent. Yeah, it's like a like football. They get the bye
0: week. the The top seed, the whoever's the best team, gets the bye, so that way they don't. Yeah, one less round of playoffs for them. Totally that's football. That's good. Totally yeah,
1: football.
0: <laughs> no, it's good. I like how they could go all these places, but I'm glad they are doing like the J Cup tournament and like the scramble for the thirties. Like just going back to all the stuff we were saying. GCW has been doing awesome at lately that we've been asking for that this is another one making these matches feel worth something and i hope this j cup kind of turns into maybe a future chance at the extreme title or ultra violent title probably not ultra violent title probably not even extreme title because it's just the way the different wrestlers but i did hear brett say something about on the podcast of an introduction of a new title so, don't go too
1: far. Or did he did he say what it was or anything? Or he just nope. mentioned... He said okay, there are, say, Don't go too far.
0: No, he said there are plans of uh, another belt being introduced here soon. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with this J-Cup of maybe uh, if you win, you're going to... Like, as we said, we were talking about like a pure division, a scramble, like not a division, but a pure title, a scramble title and stuff like that. I wonder if this is going to have some sort of kind of like a mixture of the two where, hey... If you are this champion, we know that it's just going to be a non match kind of match because all these wrestlers pretty much aren't deathmatch wrestlers. But if you're mm-hmm. going to be this champion, then we know the rules of this this title is going to be non-violent. So I think that that might have something to do with this new title being involved. Cause I would just like to see them win something other than a trophy because I don't know. I I wish it would turn into like a title shot or an actual title or something like that. But I just don't know, like with these wrestlers, you couldn't put them into a number one contender for the extreme title, which I
1: guess I could see that a little bit more than the ultraviolet title, obviously. Okay, so I know this is going a little further down the line here, but I kind of wrote something down that I wanted to mention earlier that was part of the, you know, being thankful and whatnot. But it kind of came up here in the J-Cup and we were just talking about BOLA. Pretty much, I'd have to say, hands down, GCW has the broadest showcase of independent talent. I also think they have the best showcase of independent talent. I don't know of any company, even internationally, that showcases independent talent as well as GCW does. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that also and get that out of the way because I thought it was important and it should have been part of my thanks was the incredible efforts that are put in place to make sure we have these fantastic shows to watch.
0: Yeah, we're getting like the first ones like commander like we saw one I saw like one clip of commander or two clips before he came to GCW. He wrestled for GCW, now he's wrestling for all these other independent promotions around yeah. the country yeah. because of the platform that GCW gave him. Same thing with Speedball. He came out here Killed it in GCW, first couple matches, and boom, he's signed by Impact. Same with Masha, same with a lot of these, like Dante, Ninja, as you said. like I think they do a very good job of giving these independent wrestlers a spotlight to grow and go to all these other promotions. Because they always come to GCW first, it seems like. And then they build off of that yeah. to expand, yeah. and that's awesome. And then they always do come back to GCW because, I mean... As Will Ospreay said, like those fans are fucking wild and you guys are unlike any other fans out there in, in, in wrestling, just in general, not even independent wrestling. So I do like how they build a name here, they kill it here, they go do some other stuff, but then they always seem to kind of come back here on their own choice and will because they enjoy the crowd and stuff like that. And that always, for me, I like those ones that come back to the people, not the people that made them, but the company that kind of helped them become who they are. They kind of give them that kickstart. Sounds
1: good. (laughs) I feel good, man. I was like, "Ah, I don't want to go too much further. I don't want to over talk it. I just, I felt it was something to talk about. It wasn't great today, topic wise, but it was still something. So. Yeah, once you explained the epi thing to me, I was reading it and I'm like, shit, it's a very one dimensional question. It's an easy answer. Damn.
0: No, well, I when I read the comments, though, I saw a lot of people going a lot of different ways, like with the how they yeah. took that comment from Effie. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that's what what I got from that thing. Especially once I listened to the five minute clip that kind of like was talking more about wrestlers losing focus on the ultimate end goal of what. For the night, they're they're looking forward to their future instead of, hey, you showed up at this show tonight. What should we do tonight for these fans? Not worry about where your career is going to be three months from now because you've put on this awesome yeah. five-star kind of match. So how can we entertain, like stay in the moment kind of thing? Like worry about the moment and please everybody in the moment instead of the future. So that's just what I got from everything.
1: Yeah, I think it sounds like he's basically saying, "Don't think of yourselves. Like this is the only yep. time you have to think of others is when you're out there on this stage." Yeah, every other time can be you. You know, you can get in that ring and do a video with someone and be like, "Look what we can do." Uh huh. You don't have to do it in front of paying customers.
0: Yeah, and you don't have to try it out either. Like, like I think he mentioned right, that right. point too. Like he's seen like wrestlers like try something they never done yeah, before, try out things. just to kind of pop themselves and get the fans over, but then when you fail, you get upset. that when people call you out on a botch where you never practiced before, you can't get upset on that. Oh, I get it. Effie does uh, some very
1: uh some very good in-depth conversations in his podcast for sure. Yeah, I enjoy it. Plus he's kind of the head of everything going on with talent, so it does it makes sense to kind of just give him a little bit of a shine. Yeah, for sure. Also, I'm gonna try to set things straight with Allie and make sure, hey, I was rough on Allie at one time. I'll be like I was rough on actually a couple wrestlers, but I've always changed my mind as I watch them more. I'm gonna say the same thing about Allie. And I'm just (laughs) gonna that'll clear everybody that I'm gonna see in LA. That'll clear everybody. I don't need to be I think it's funny. Uh, All right, right. yeah. How long was that? Thirty minutes? We got twenty-five?
0: Thirty-five minutes. Okay. Now we're jumping into GCW's Till Infinity, the last show of 2022, coming from the Carousel Ballroom at the Showboats in Atlantic City and uh Yes, I like how in your pre-show, like, I wrote down the same thing. Like, MLJ switches it up now. He's not just saying, I'm in the showboat or all that stuff. This time, it right. was, I'm in a tuxedo. And I love it because <laughs> I know last year, there was a lot of talk. There was a lot of fans are trying to get everybody dressed up for the show. And I remember, like, there was a Twitter space, like, either the night or two nights before the show. And like, I remember MLJ is like, I'll get in a tuxedo. Brett's like, good for you. Cause we're not all getting in tuxedos. i <laughs> was like, I'm not going to be the only one in there then. And, but he also had his, uh, rap battle at the end too. So he decided not to go with the tuxedo, but seeing him this year in the tuxedo was kind of a nice little callback for me because I, like I said, I listened to the, the talk about the last year stuff. So that's what, what I thought about when I first saw him in a tuxedo and, uh, introducing the crowd or introducing the fans to the crowd and stuff like that to the start of the show.
1: And I had no idea what to expect with this show because it's going to be a unique one. And um, I ended up watching this one later. No lie. I I did not watch this one live on new year's Eve. I had some family I was with and that's important. So um, yeah, I got the chance to sit down and watch this and it was a really, really, really interesting show. The opening match especially just had me peaked interest-wise from the beginning. Yeah, and it's another thing that we kind of asked
0: for. I think we even asked for it on the podcast, like the last review we did on America's Most Wanted, uh, I, I believe, or maybe there was uh, the Fantasy Draft podcast. But like one of the last ones we did, we were talking about this opening matchup and what we kind of hope to see with uh, yeah, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. And we got exactly that. So the opening match is a tag team match with the East West Express, Jordan Oliver, and Nick Wayne. So that's right, right away. We said, Hey, if that's going to be their name, we want them. we want to hear them start being called that. And I think this is the first time I heard them introduced as the East West Express. So boom, right away, we got that and they came out in the matching outfits and everything like that. So the castle, uh, yes. the
1: whole thing, I thought it was so awesome. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe we were, maybe we were in the vein that day. I don't know. Yeah, we were, we talked about a lot of that stuff.
0: And like I said, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, that's a good start to this this show. And I texted you right away. I'm like, okay, the show just started. And two two out of the three things we've asked for have already happened. So uh, the East West Express, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne go against a team of Wasted Youth, Dylan McKay and Marcus Mathers. Wow. And as you said, yeah, this set the tone for the night. In my opinion, I I was all into this match. Just so over the fans like this was, and it was giving, yeah. given time to kind of tell the cool story of two young, great tag teams and build both great young tag teams up as well. And I, this match was fantastic. They all got their shines in, they all got their moves in, they all got a bunch of different chance from the GCW crowd at different points. It wasn't just one moment at all. So they definitely had the crowd crowd involved during this match. And like, yeah, I, I loved it. It was an awesome match and way to showcase all the four of these great young talents while still getting the East West Express uh getting their shine in and, and putting the giving them the spotlight in the tag division.
1: And yeah, like you were saying, the matching outfits, the whole thing, the Express, the name Express is in there. How freaking cool is that? Um they're a good looking tag team. Almost any company would love to build around them. They're loaded with team moves. If AEW doesn't fuck it up somehow they could be bringing a full tag team in that's capable of wrestling as singles um the other thing i noticed all four men had some variation of red white and black pants maybe switch it up if if they can afford it maybe have a a different color on for the other team um just saying that's all and i was watching mathers i really do i really do think that I could see him as a third member of the East West Express. I don't know why he just kind of has that young vibe. He's damn good at what he does. And I think he has a bright future. So if they ever needed a third partner, I think for a young equivalent, he would be a good one. See, I was kind of going the
0: little opposite here during this match, seeing how Marcus's mannerisms were towards Jordan specifically. It seemed like there was a lot of like, it seemed like there was some beef in there and like like Marcus Mather's like, no, like I want, I don't want you, Nick. I want Jordan. And when they were in the ring, it seemed like they were really going at it and stuff like that. So I thought maybe they were kind of building these two tag teams for a little bit longer feud or building Jordan and Marcus for a little bit of a feud by oh, themselves be great. because yeah, it looked like, to me when I was watching it was kind of like Marcus like no okay I'm tired of Jordan you're getting all the spotlight like I we're here now it's my turn like get out of here Nick Wayne you're not even going to be here soon I want Jordan I want I want the big dog right now and I loved how the tension kind of like for me it got me more invested whenever those two were in there were in there against each other specifically because it felt like there was a little extra something behind every single move that they gave each other and I I'm all for that kind of stuff
1: and i haven't mentioned dylan yet i do want to say he had a fantastic pele kick on oliver but also he was kind of a touch off in this match overall i don't know why um it could be injury um and the only reason i say that is because he wasn't his normal self as much and so i don't want to discount him at all i just say that it wasn't a normal wasn't a normal performance for him and i noticed Mathers a great spinning Northern Lights. He was a bulk of the offense and work for his team, and he showed up a hell of a lot. The only other thing I wanted to mention here was there was a spot where Oliver hits a standing Spanish fly on McKay, and then Mathers runs across Oliver's back while he's on the ground and then hits a pile driver on Nick Wayne, and it was just a fantastic spot that I wish would show up somewhere on the Internet so someone else besides us could really see that fantastic move.
0: Yeah, they had a lot of both teams had a lot of great creative moves, uh, tag team. Yeah, I, I just love the pace of this match, too. And like, I think we asked if it like the night before, I think we were, or the podcast before, we were talking about hopefully it's more of a one in one out kind of tag match and not a just everyone going crazy GCW style. Like, they started off the right. match with like in the corners and stuff like that. And yeah, I did get a little GCW, uh, all four competitors in the ring, which I'm fine with it, but it started off exactly how we kind of asked for it. And I, I loved it. And I loved how, as you said, uh, Dylan McKay did the Pele kicks. I think Pele died either right before this show or right after. I can't remember the soccer player, but I remember him doing the Pele, and I, I just right away went into like, Oh, that was like a cool little call back to the Pele kick. that AJ Styles used to do and stuff like that. So I thought like that was kind of cool timing on Dylan McKay's part. Um, but yeah, I want to see these tag teams go at it again because I, I love the pacing. Everything clicked in this match. The intensity was there. The crowd definitely loved it. The crowd was... They, there was, like I said, three or four different, like, this is awesome, or GCW chants, and they just let the competitors know, like, hey, like we're entertained. And that's why I always kind of get worried with the AC crowd with actual rest like, with wrestling, wrestling, and not death matches because I'm always afraid that uh, they just want the blood and stuff. But they... Definitely gave all the, these two tag teams all the love. And like, I thought this was at this, not just at this point, but once I saw this match, I'm like that's going to be hard to follow. And as we kind of see the rest of the night, it kind of was hard to follow still, but all, oh, yeah. all the other oh, yeah. matches were bad, but I just think the energy level of the crowd was way hotter at this point than pretty much any other point throughout
1: the rest of the night. Okay. So should I give away the winner here? Let's spoil it. Okay, our winner was the East-West Express. They hit double clout cutters. It was absolutely beautiful. I'm going to double what you said. I really like the pace for this one. It was not too fast. And you know how the younger talent tend to speed up, speed up. They had it in those you know spots here and there, but primarily it's like they knew they had to go 65 miles an hour and they stayed right there the whole time. Uh, big ups to Lauderdale for allowing these younger kids to have a 16-minute match because I thought that's... Um, that's really saying something for the amount of respect that he has for what they do out there. And he really feels confident in in the storytelling that they're doing out there.
0: Yeah. I'm glad they, like you said, they got the time too, because I, after like the first, like, this is awesome. Cham, like, Oh, okay. They're probably going to go right into an ending here. Then it was like another yeah. spot where all four competitors are out and everyone's Shannon GCW. It's like, okay, they're going to still keep on going. And then there was like another, like, I think it was that spot you said, like, the Spanish fly that turned into a running oh, gosh, <laughs> Canadian yeah. or code red or destroyer or whatever. Uh, yeah. I just loved all that. And I would, I would like to see these two kind of go back and forth a couple more times, uh, have a little bit more, more matches against each other. Cause this was fun. This was fun to see. And I kind of, we saw the wasted youth kind of get the little heel kind of turn, not turnish, but with uh, Marcus Mathers kind of stepping up his intensity. I kind of, thought the crowd was way more behind Jordan and Nick than they were with Dylan and Marcus. Um, So I would like to kind of see that kind of dynamic going forward. But yeah, for sure, you could tell that. Yeah, incredible first Um, match over the night.
1: So the only other thing I was going to say, and I, I normally don't do this, but I would have actually pulled out Dylan McKay on this one and put in Alec Price. So we would have had Alec Price and Mathers versus Oliver and Nick Wayne. And we still would have had all that youth in there, but I just feel like with the length, Jordan Oliver has that I think Alec Price would have fit a little better in that category yeah but of course that's you know pipe dreams but sorry there
0: no no I I agree I think he kind of fits in more than Dylan McKay because I I think he's just a little bit more well-rounded at this point where Dylan McKay kind of seems like you insert him in here or there for a couple moves and then that's it I, I think he's Alex Alec Price would have made like would fill in a lot more of the gap that Dylan McKay kind of doesn't do with the team of Marcus Mathers. But I, I agree. Like that would be kind of maybe get Dylan McKay and uh, or sorry uh, Alec Price and Axon Ray kind of thrown in there as well as a tag team. I would like to see that kind of <laughs> with these Ooh. four talents and throw those two young talents in as well. I think like they have a, they have a lot of good stuff they could do with the young talents, especially if they keep them as tag
1: or work them as uh as tag partners or not gcw's library 10 years from now is gonna be fucking gold i'm just saying you know how we go back watch old czw or we go back and we watch old this or that i really do think in 20 years people are going to do what they did with ecw where they're gonna brag that they watched it even though they didn't and they're gonna want to go back and watch all these matches because all of those guys were out there doing it when they were young and hungry and i really hope that uh A lot of people really do appreciate what's going on here because the library being built of young stars is just tremendous right now.
0: Yeah, and i that's why I've been watching with GCW as well because I didn't miss out on a lot of independent wrestling until GCW. So that's how I, as you said, I kind of am more grateful to get to see it happening now in front of my eyes where, like you said, in a couple of years, I could go back and like, oh, let's go watch Jordan and Nick when they used to tag team. And now they're going against each other on AEW and stuff like that. So uh, I definitely am... Kind of glad, especially on Fight TV Plus now, all the whole library is up there for free, for, or for not free, for five bucks a month. So there's a lot of stuff you could go back and watch. And this will, I think this time frame too, of just wrestling in general, especially with GCW, a lot of this stuff will be fun to look back on and see where these kind of competitors started at with GCW and then all these other independent promotions to where they are in two to three years from now. It's going to be kind of incredible to see the growth that they have, they've all done.
1: Yeah. And this library will just become more and more valuable in time. That's the only way I'm looking at it. There are future stars coming through this company, every show. And we just haven't seen it yet. We're just looking at the budding stars right now. They will develop and they will be somebody. It's just a matter of who and how long.
0: For match number two, we have a, which was, I think it was announced the day of the show, a title match and it, as it is Carrie morton defending the nwa world junior heavyweight title against one different boy in jimmy lloyd and as dave prazak said jimmy lloyd did make the weight quote unquote to To compete for the world junior heavyweight title, <laughs> and yeah, that was this was announced. I think I said like earlier Lord on wait. Twitter, it was announced that it was now this match was announced prior, but it ended up being for a for the title. Um, and as we were kind of talking off off uh off air off recording about how these kind of titles or these number one contenderships make these matches more exciting gets the gets the fans more invested in it as now there's some stakes behind the match and i think this was a good call making this for the junior heavyweight title for jimmy lloyd even though i went into this match thinking there was no way that jimmy would win I just, As this match was happening, I actually started to question myself and I wondered, whoa, are they possibly going to give Jimmy Lloyd the belt here, even if it is for a night or two, and then kind of screw him out and give it back to Kerry?" I thought that would have been kind of cool, but this match was a pretty good match um, for Jimmy Lloyd, and he definitely got over with the crowd and definitely had a lot of close calls to become the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title. Uh, or champion what were your thoughts on this match john
1: okay i had a lot of thoughts on this one because i was seeing that right out the gate we were getting new champ chants from the crowd there was a ton of fan support for jimmy carrie was heavily booed we had carrie fucking ch- uh, socks chants. it was really nasty the fans were heavily invested in this match when it came to booing and cheering i mean every punch was getting cheered or booed. It was really interesting to see the fans hang on each and every punch. We had fuck your dad chance to carry, which <laughs> I thought was absolutely fantastic and a fuck this guy chant right back. So for me, my thought overall was I found it a really interesting choice that Jimmy Lloyd was getting the title shot, especially for the NWA World Junior heavyweight title. That's a very prestigious title. And I found that a very interesting choice. I will say, though, I like watching outside titles come in. It was really interesting to see the NWA cooperating here, given that they don't fully cooperate with the AEW, with, you know, the company. Yeah. Yeah, I just I found that kind of interesting, too, that they allowed that to come over here. But I think more and more larger companies are recognizing what GCW is capable of.
0: I liked it. I was I was actually surprised too that they would even announce it. But like even when it was announced, I was like, okay, there's still no shot. It's kind of more tongue in cheek. I thought they were kind right. of playing with with Jimmy Lloyd as the junior heavyweight kind of stuff. I thought that was kind of the whole goal of that being that announcement of the match. But like I said, as the match kind of played out, I was like, are they really going to give Jimmy Lloyd just like even a quick. I'm the champion and then the next night lose it. So that way, Carrie Morton's right. still the champion going back into N- NWA tapings or whatnot. And maybe they don't even acknowledge the whole Jimmy Lloyd winning it, which I would have been fine for just be, just to have kind of that moment on GCW to end off 2022 would have been kind of funny and cool to see Jimmy Lloyd win. Cause I think, um, as uh, as this match is happened, I wrote down like the, the way the crowd was cheering for Jimmy Lloyd, Made it seem like, hey, it's time, even if it's for the extreme title for one night only or for the uh, ultra violence, I think he needs to win a belt here or a pretty big match, even like Listen a contending Well, it's funny too, I'm saying this now because like on the GCW podcast, like the last couple of ones, like there's been uh, two different comments of, hey, Jimmy Lloyd was outside of the ring next to one of the fans, and the fans go, how someone said to the Jimmy Lloyd, like as he's crawling out trying to recover, like, how come you never win any ma- matches to Jimmy? And Jimmy goes, Ask Brett. And so they ask Brett on the podcast. And Brett, of course, goes, Ask Jimmy why he doesn't win. Why don't you tell him that? Why can't, <laughs> why, why can't he get himself in shape and get himself over and stuff like that? Whatever. It's funny. But I just think with this crowd, the way they were cheering, as like it was, Carrie Morton kind of turned into Blake Christian that night. So I think it was kind of perfect as much heat as Carrie was getting that night on top of how much praise jimmy lloyd and, and the applause and stuff like that the crowd behind jimmy lloyd i thought it would have been kind of a funny funny way to end the new year but also kind of give jimmy lloyd his little thing because as he said he never does win he kind of uh, has turned into just someone who's in matches to kind of help other people get over but i think he does have the kind kind of crowd support where the crowd would like to see a quick little run with Jimmy Lloyd as a champion, just kind of give him his flowers for a night or two. And then he could kind of go back to doing what he's doing now. But I, I think it'd be kind of cool to see Jimmy Lloyd have a title
1: shot or win a title in AC. And good job, Carrie for getting all that heat. He did a fantastic job. That was his daddy's learning through and through. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead with the winner here. Kerry Morton was the winner. He had a fantastic knee strike on Jimmy Lloyd. After the match there, Kerry tells the camera he's going to be the next GCW champion. That's interesting. What do you think about that? Do you think he's just fucking around or do you think he could run? He could run just a one time just, you know, just because he's a Morton. Yeah, I can see
0: him kind of getting a shot against Nick Gage, but I also think he was doing that just to even further his heat because he knows right, obviously the right. crowd doesn't want to see him be GCW champion. But he is still so young and he has improved. Like, this was actually one of the better matches I've seen him in, especially character wise. Obviously, getting diving into getting all the heat and stuff. Um, but I've never been really impressed with him wrestling, but I think he also has a big shadow and a big uh big name oh, to kind of live yeah, up he's to. He's got a lot.
1: Yeah. He's young. He's growing. There's so much there going on.
0: But every time yeah. I have seen him, he has improved for sure. So um, I definitely would like to kind of see the improvement going. Um, even if it's like this for a quick little seven minute match as the world The NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion. I don't mind seeing him on the show, as you said, with another company's belt. It adds more to his name and more to his legacy and will help him get over more with the crowd or get more heat against the crowd, especially Mm -hmm. if he keeps the way, keep going the way that he would for this AC crowd. But... I, I didn't mind. I kind of liked how it was a last minute change. And like, and I honestly I honestly did. I'm not even just saying that. Just like, oh, I hope Jimmy Lloyd... Like, I, I honestly thought a couple spots were, oh shit, he might pull this one off. And just like, I wasn't expecting it to last long. But um, it got me more interested in this match. Where I probably wouldn't have been as interested if it wasn't f- announced as the title match. I would have just been like, oh, this is a normal Jimmy Lloyd-Carrie Morton match. So I think... Ultimately, right. that little change got me more invested, and got the crowd more invested, and in booing the shit out of Carrie Morton too, and got the crowd and it showed. I think it showed off to the fans like how over Jimmy Lloyd is, even with losing all this time, and how how everyone does love seeing him in the ring, and he does get it. Like even in LA, he gets a pretty loud uh, for his entrance. They chant his song and stuff like that, so it's always kind of nice seeing him getting the, the getting the the praise from fans other than AC. But I would like to see Jimmy Lloyd kind of more in the ultra violent or extreme kind of title hunt and start chasing after one of those
1: belts. Okay. So while you were sitting there talking about um, some of your ideas here, I had a couple of my own. I'd like to see Carey versus Deppen. I'd like to see Carey versus and
0: Ray. I think we're getting Carey versus Deppen on one of these coming up shows, if I'm not
1: mistaken. Yeah. I know it's going to be like Carey versus Mercer. I that think would that be would be one. fantastic because they want to see his ass get thrown around. Who better? Yeah. And
0: like pain um, Mercer would get just the biggest pop is Jimmy Lloyd, I think as well.
1: I also want to try carry against Alucha. I don't know who I didn't have a name. I'd just like to see what he's capable of when he has the, he has more gears. He has higher gears in him that we don't see. I'd like to see a bring out some of the faster things that carry can do. I think I don't have a better way to put it, but Did you notice how much heat Kerry was getting on the way out of the ring? Yeah. Did you see that? Hell yes. Hell yes. That is a fucking heel. I love it. That is... I'm glad. Like, he.
0: I don't think he expected that. I didn't expect it to go like that. So I don't know what happened or maybe the crowd was just that into the whole kind of like tongue-in-cheek if Jimmy Lloyd does become the junior heavyweight champion. I thought like maybe that affected the crowd, but he also played off so well with it. Like he didn't, he didn't yeah. just like, like how Blake, when they did it with Blake, Chris, you see him kind of get taken aback by it, where you see Carrie did get taken aback by it, but then also just dove into it right away. And it's like, Oh, you guys he don't did like this it. Match too. I'm this champion. You don't like it. Why are you guys booing me? Like I, he did it perfectly. Yep. And that's, as you said, that's what we want. That's what he wanted at that time. Like he adjusted well to what I don't think it was expected that he, but no, he adjusted it was so not. well to it. and Then I came like, dancing with the belt afterwards, right in front of Jimmy Lloyd and stuff like it was, he played that so good where I think he has to be a heel now. And as you said, like he, you would like to see him go against Tony Deppen. I think him and Tony Deppen, I could see him being Tony Deppen light right now and them kind of working as a tag team and playing Ooh, off of those, yes. the heat that they both could get as easy as they both seem to. I see a lot of similarities between Tony and Carrie where I can see them kind of being a tag team and getting that heat Ooh. together.
1: No, I think that would be fantastic. Carrie um, Morton. Yeah, he's getting this fantastic heat. I hope they take advantage of this somewhere. Maybe there's a face that needs to be pushed. That would be the time to do it. I do hope Carrie shows up more just because the fans fucking hate him. And I love It's not hate, hate. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But they, but they don't, like him being there um and good call when it comes to how the the face heel turn kind of thing happened because i noticed in the beginning of this carry was very face like he was even kind of uh, getting into jimmy lloyd's music when jimmy was coming out you can even see him kind of bobbing his head and kind of interacting with the crowd and then yeah it didn't take long and carrie adjusted very well and you're dead on by mentioning the fact that he did such a damn good job adjusting to the match and adjusting their uh, their uh, approach to how they perform this.
0: Yeah, I, I if Kerry's going to be like this, I want to see him more, even if it's in JCW per se. Like, I, I think he kind of fits there a little bit more than GCW, but obviously we've seen a lot of the JCW roster with GCW and stuff like that. So um, I still would like to see him kind of grow as this heel persona in GCW now, I'll be honest with. You, I don't know what his character is in NWA. I don't watch NWA programming or even really keep up with it. So I don't know if he uh-huh. is a heel in NWA or not, but um, if he's just a heel for GCW, I think he needs to stay doing what he just did. Cause that's probably the biggest reaction he got good or bad uh, in any GCW setting I've seen him in. And obviously as a performer, no, you don't want the crowd to have no noise. You rather them have, Even if it's heat, you want the heat on you as bad. So that shows he's doing a good thing. So I hope he kind of keeps this momentum going since he seemed to all of a sudden for, I don't know the reason, got the momentum and heat, keep it going and keep getting the heat because I think it has its place for GCW as we always talk about these, the, these assholes and Charles Mason and Tony Deppin and and Perro and everything ruining stuff. Uh, there's always room to get that, that kind of, uh, Crowd reaction from any kind of crowd, and I want to
1: see more of it from Kerry Morton. Okay, so one thing I want to mention about Kerry Morton is that he reminds me a touch of Mike Awesome, and I think it's mostly in the body. He doesn't have that luscious hair, but uh, <laughs> I think it's in the body. He kind of has something there that reminds me of him. I went ahead and looked up a little more on Kerry just to see what we have out there. He's five foot eleven; that's his build height, and he has a build weight of one ninety one. Check this out. Trained by Bobby Eaton, Chase Owens, Ricky Morton, Robert Gibson, and Tom Pritchard. Can you have a better set of trainers? Really?
0: That's a good foundation to start learning and building your craft is right there.
1: Those names. So let's not bullshit AEW or WWF in five to 10 years, 10 years. Let's go 10 years because he'll have plenty of chances to develop. How old is he?
0: To be honest, I don't know how old he is. I thought he wasn't like as 21 as years me. old. Oh, he is that young. Okay. I
1: thought he yeah, wasn't as background. young as I thought. So here's here's what I do have on him just a little bit. So, of course, NWA 191 has a background in cheerleading, football. ball. I'm guessing that's football because it's a German site cage match. And uh, ringen. I don't know what ringen is. So I'm guessing those are probably German words for other things, but um. Yeah, he has a hell of a background there, and I'm hoping to see him really develop because he's one of those ones that has that background that WWF, WWE, ha, loves to tout. We have a second generation. We have a third generation here. I think they like that. What? And that may be something. He'll at least get a shot at the WWE. That's the one, yeah, one place
0: I'm thinking of. The only thing like that makes the most sense to me is NXT kind of. He kind of would fit that perfect bill for NXT where I don't think I don't know As of like, now I, or I, in 10 years. That's what I was just about to say. As of right now, wow. I see like NXT ready and could do a lot of stuff on NXT. Good. I just don't think he's ready for a main roster, but I don't. Not yet. Maybe even Ring of Honor. Is another little place I can oh. see him kind of doing. That's like kind of NWA, kind of like what they're doing, more old school kind of stuff. Because I, I, I just picture he's him right now. Yeah, he's more old school right now. So I could, like, right now
1: I could obviously see him thriving for Ring of Honor at some point. I think that's a good point too. There. Um, I think with the classic Morton style, he may remain independent for a very long time. I'm not. That's really what I was sure. thinking. If yeah. you had a so me, like if put maybe money he on has it, that in him.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you tell me put money on it, I'm putting money on. He's just independent still sticking with nwa but i think he could possibly go to nxt or ring of honor i think i think that fits him more like because it's ob- obviously a quote-unquote step above the indies because it'll be mm-hmm. a more reputable name but i could see him that's about like i think his ceiling right now from what i see is like kind of ring of honor impact maybe even i don't think he's quite ready for like i not even in 10 years i don't know but he is younger right, than I thought. Right. I thought he was like a little bit on the older side for being Carrie Morton's son. Um, Not Carrie Morton. Um,
1: Ricky. Oh, yeah, Ricky. Good old Ricky, son. man. Yeah. Ricky
0: so, Bobby. So, yeah, I'm actually surprised to see that. So, I, my thoughts kind of have changed and gone all over the place just in that short time seeing how he is only 21. He probably could maybe keep on developing and get there, especially with the pedigree and that learning tree that he kind of grew up underneath. It kind of does lend itself towards maybe wwe i would have to say
1: and right where he's at right now is is another fantastic place because he's going to get excellent um training there with nwa i mean that's that's great wrestling over there i cannot say anything bad about what they're doing they're doing it traditionally too so i'm not i'm not against anything they're doing over there really interesting choice putting Carrie morton as a champion at 21 years old i don't you know i'm not going to speculate too much on that but what I saw at this show was fantastic, and I really do hope that's him getting that heat. Because if that is, then he's got himself in a fantastic position where he doesn't have to do more than kind of just tune up what he's got right now. Yeah, I think heels, that react- heels are forever.
0: Yeah, I I think that reaction he got is right, just is what he needed to elevate himself right there. So I think just, uh. It, it was organic. It looked like it just, Hey, like he's been doing what he did. Like nothing's changed as far as what I've seen for him to get those booze, but to get that reaction. And if he keeps that momentum going, that's what he like, that's the opening. You need to elevate yourself and get it, get yourself a bigger name and stuff like that. So I think this, whatever, how it came about, he needs to capitalize on it and keep that momentum going. Cause I think that's something that every wrestler wants is that sort of heat. And we've seen, like Blake, we've seen him try to get that heat when he was the grave, grave heart. And he couldn't even get as much heat as he, as Kerry Morton just got. And I like if for something that your character as a wrestler to get that reaction and you fi- to finally get it, no matter how you, it comes about, he needs to just keep that momentum going and keep on working as a heel and keep getting deeper and deeper into that hole where he's getting booed the hell out of these places.
1: Keep it up, Kerry. We fucking love you, brother. Come back again soon, please.
0: Yes, especially as a as a major heel as that one. So before we go into ep- uh, not episode uh, match number three, we do have some breaking news as we record yeah. this podcast as the collective schedule has been released. And I uh, just kind of want to quickly go over it. I don't know if you saw it or not because we were recording this, but uh,
1: no, I'm excited as all hell. I'm trying to get onto Twitter right now to find out what's going on, man. Tell tell everybody what's going on. Oh, yeah. Um, All right, see what's going
0: on. (laughs) The collective (laughs) will be March 30th through April 2nd, which actually they added an extra day that they normally don't do. um, With about, it looks like five. Oh my God, I'm looking at it. Five
1: shows that we
2: have
0: (laughs) seen before, and we get four new shows to the collective this year. Oh my God. Look so on Thursday, March 30th at 11 a.m., we are getting the Santino's Brother Wrestling. So that's going to be their own show to start off the collective. Nice. At 4 p.m., we're getting, as we were kind of talking about. There it is, baby. Right. Josh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 9. Uh, At 8 o'clock that night, we are getting DDT Pro Wrestling. That's going to be nice. a DD, uh, DDT show. I'm very interested. I hope we get to Kestra for that one, to be honest with you, like really, really bad. I'm hoping for to mm-hmm. um, And then to end off Thursday night, right before midnight at 1159, we're getting for the culture. And it looks like this one's going to be hosted by Billy Dixon. Billy Dixon's going to be uh, hosting and running for the culture this year. So that's kind of good. I'm kind of glad he is back into wrestling. I know he said he retired or took some time off and we, as we kind of, well, not this show, but in one of the shows we come over, he does kind of uh, make his way into the GCW scene in a pretty big way. So I'm kind of interested and glad that he gets to run for the culture. Uh, Friday, March 31st, we start off Friday at 11 a.m. with Jimmy Lloyd's D-Generation F making a comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh of that. Yeah, he always puts some, some crazy matches together. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's going to be fun. Um, then at 3 p.m., we also have DDT versus GCW. So that ought to be very interesting. Uh, 8 p.m., Joey Janela's Spring Break 7. It yeah. looks like it's only going to be a one-nighter, too, so I'm wondering oh, if we're getting hey. a clusterfuck that night or That's not. That's
1: the first question I had, is are we getting that clusterfuck? Because I love the clusterfuck.
0: Yeah, with it only being one night, because usually Joey Janella's spring break is two nights. Um, I'm wondering if it's we're a three-hour show
1: too. True. it's an eight o'clock, and then there's that next think, one. The clusterfuck usually is three hours as well, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's always usually gets its own show. But yeah, I'm excited I'm just, for that one. Uh, Eleven fifty-nine. Is the one That's I'm, I'm kind of curious for. in. Yep, and it's not... I called it Emo Night at first, but they did change the name. It's Emo Fight. So uh, yeah. kind of bringing back what they did at the Melrose Ballroom in New York. The LA crowd uh, is getting Emo Night, but Emo Fight. And that was the one I kind of first saw announced. The, they announced it kind of on a separate... Brett on his own little thing. Um, I'm
1: actually kind of looking forward to that one. That one I'm, actually... I'm going to say something just for fun. Go ahead. I think the East Coast should go Emo. I think the West Coast should go hardcore rap from the 90s. I was thinking like ska or something like that. (laughs) Well, you know what I mean? Because, and I'm just going to mention it, emo is everywhere, but I think it's more East Coast. I think that's more of an East Coast thing. And West Coast is more like a hip hop. And I don't know, but I think that would be really cool. Maybe at some time we do a hip hop show.
0: Yeah, I would. I want to see what the different characters and names they come bring out for emo night. I want to oh, see if yeah, uh, JB Lloyd's going to resurrect Emanon or, or Ali catches out. Oh, the you know, Emanon's like coming out. That's, that's going to be fun. Uh, Saturday, April 1st at 11 a.m., we have Effie's Big Gay Brunch, and then at 9 o'clock, which I think might, and is the last Rustin show of the Collective, and I think it's going to be, prob- I, out of seeing all this, it might be the sleeper of the Collective. If not, I, I think it's going to be the best show based off the Lucha that we've been seeing is Gringo Loco's World on Lucha. And if it's anything like mm. what they just did at the UCC, this last show, at uh, America's Most Wanted, that is going to be an incredible show. And I can't wait because the crowd is going to eat that up. And then on Sunday, April 2nd, another new show. This is, They usually don't do shows on Sunday, but this year they are doing the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame on Sunday, April 2nd. It's going to happen yes, at WrestleCon. Nice. So they are going to be working with WrestleCon, too, it looks like, as well, during this
1: collective. And no names announced yet for the indie wrestling hall of fame. So I'm sure some will be announced down the road. Okay, personally, I'm looking forward to Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 9, looking forward to Spring Break 7, and I'm looking forward to the World on Lucha. I think that's my my 3 that I'm really mostly looking forward to. I think after that, it's going to be for the Culture, emo fight, effie's Big Gay Brunch. I think that's my next one, but I don't know, DDT versus GCW has the chance to be a bloody fucked up affair. Yeah, wait. We're at the UCC though, so I don't. That
0: was going to be where I was about to chime in here. Where like, there's two shows that I'm kind of really not disappointed, but after hearing the podcast that they just did, the GCW uh, podcast on their Patreon, I kind of mm-hmm. did did not expect to see after hearing it. But Planet Death is not on the Collective this year, which is disappointing to especially the Deathmatch fans, and I wonder how much that's going to kind of hurt the Collective because as we always say, the LA fans. They want the death matches. They want the death matches. But Brett made a comment on the podcast saying that how the UCC, the venue, is not a big fan of these death matches where they They
1: do it, but it's rare.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And so when I went back and counted all the shows that they've done at the UCC, and like when I'm saying death match, I'm considering glass as the death match because. Like that's kind of the differentiation with me to see like how, what kind of death match it is um, with light tubes and glass tables and stuff like that. Um, They've only done five from, from when I counted, I originally thought it was three, but it looks like they've done five death matches that involved like light tubes and glass and stuff like that. So I am disappointed to see that, but we're working around it. it. Yeah. I was working around it. It sounds like it. And I really wish instead of the Santino's brothers wrestling, and that, that's just because I'm not familiar with them. I know we've seen like some of their people wrestle on um, GCW and stuff. But I was kind of really we're missing LA fights versus JCW, which I think is something they should have kept on going and have that kind of go because we've talked about how JCW's still running shows and is being promoted and stuff like that. But it seems like since July, LA fights has kind of dropped off the map and I'm For I, now
1: maybe. Yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't know, know. we yeah. do notice this <laughs> fans though um because we did enjoy la fight so i just uh it would be nice to do Especially all the talent those who come around fantastic amount of talent and i'm not gonna lie the west coast has a lot of fantastic talent we are a little bit on an island out here that's the best way i can put it but um it would you would be remiss to not pay attention to some of the fantastic west coast talent That's featured out here freaking every weekend between San Francisco, Los Angeles, Las Vegas. There's some fantastic shows being put on every single weekend. We have some fantastic talent out here on the independent scene that I think personally, GCW really does need to look at. And a place like LA fights would have been a great place to do it. I'm not complaining, but I would say that, yeah, uh, LA fights, if done right, when done right, it has a place. Yeah, that's I, what I wanted to say.
0: I yeah, I, I what's what's on something.
1: your mind? I just I'm thinking something.
0: I wish they would do like a LA fights versus JCW because I'm just thinking Alec Price versus Titus or Alec Price versus Nick Wayne or Marcus Mathers up there and stuff like that and Axon Ray. Like I just think with all the young talent on both shows. I mean, I guess that's what the point of the Santino's Brothers Wrestling Show is going to be showcasing up-and-coming talent. I just think with all the talent they kind of already have out there for the collective, it didn't need to be a Santino Brothers-only show. Because I'll be honest with you, I, that... I don't know the talent on that show, but like I, I as I'm just reading this one, I'm like to start off the collective, I'm not very interested in that show to, I plan on going to the collective on, I plan on getting like the package for all these, all these shows. And I was really kind of looking forward to, especially a planet death show, um, of being a whole, like a whole show on death matches. And then I was kind of hoping to see JCW versus LA fights, but we'll see. I'm going to go in with an open mind. I, I just hope, uh, It's a great fucking lineup.
1: It really is. Yeah. I just know there's a couple things you wish you had on there, but honestly, I do think it's a really, really good lineup. My curiosity is there's a hell of a stretch between 11 AM and 9 PM. WrestleMania. Is that what that on Saturday? Oh shit. That's right. Damn. I was like, maybe I'm sneaking something. Maybe they're not. No, no, they
0: they usually don't uh, put on any programming during WrestleMania during collective weekends.
1: (laughs) Well, just an idea. If anybody wanted to, it would be really cool to see some of the GCW people that don't go to WrestleMania. Maybe have a watch along on a couch together or something. I or even at the kind of UCC,
0: fun. like just they, I think they have yep. where that where uh, Ninja Mac got tossed off with Speedball right above, like where the entranceway way, where the hard cam is. Yeah. Well, he got tossed <laughs> Sorry, off the, the kid of me. <laughs> the, uh, up top when he was up top on the platform. There's like a video projector yeah. there, so that'd be maybe they do that that'd be kind of cool just put that projector down and all the fans are already going to be there for the ucc if they want to stick around and kind of like pay 20 bucks entrance and get some food and stuff and open that op, open that space up before the world on lucha and have it the fans kind of enjoy and watch wrestlemania together that would be kind of fun
1: so a couple things about the ucc i fucking love the ucc it really looks nice on camera When you're watching it on fight, you can look up and you see like that really nice gold and blue kind of thing that they have going on there. I really do like that. Also, I was just thinking about it when we were talking about the situation with the UCC and how they're not big on maybe glass. I don't think there's a lot of venues that are big on it, period. So I think that they're just coming up with issues that may be um, very similar across the board, especially in places like California that are very Sioux heavy. A lot of people like to do litigation a lot. I live out West. I know. And um, I'd love to get an answer sometime. Maybe, you know, a little bit about it. I was going to ask about San Diego. It seems like you don't see a lot of independent or major shows coming out of San Diego. Is it something to do with laws or is it just Uh, about this? You asked that on the podcast though, right? For GCW. Yeah, so maybe you have to go
0: listen. From from what I can remember with that answer, because like I said, I listened to it like super late last night before I went to bed, so I wasn't totally clear of mind. I think what they said was finding a venue out there that would be accommodating has been the challenge for San Diego. Gotcha. Where, okay. Whereas yeah. it's so close enough to LA as well, like the hour, hour and a half drive extra that people would just come down from San Diego to go to the LA shows where he's already got familiarity with some of the venues, especially like the UCC out there and stuff where it's just kind of easier on his end to just book a show there because it's he already has a venue in place. So they got a good rep and probably, I don't know about prices or whatever, whatnot, but that would get more people to go to the, that LA show than it would be like in San Diego. If you find a venue there, they—I don't think they would get the same attendance that they would get at UCC. To be honest with you,
1: I, I and that would be know. damn sad because you yeah. see, I mean, um, San Diego is beautiful, and there's a good a bit of money down there, and there's a fair uh, fair-sized group of people that live down in San Diego. I just—I always thought maybe it was like St. Louis, where just the the cost to do a show in that area is just too damn much too many hoops to jump through so you know it's kind of funny i asked that again i can't believe i forgot <laughs> but i got halfway through the question i went shit we've talked about this before um and I, no it's good i'm gonna have to go back and check out that podcast okay so we've talked about podcast podcasts. we hear that okay so here's what's going on gcw has a patreon most of the people who are listening to this know that and most of the people who are listening to this probably are patreon members for gcw but when you get on there You get a ton of content, and part of it is being able to sit down and listen to people like Brett Lauderdale, the owner of GCW, sit down and speak and talk about what's going on in the industry, what his thoughts are, and they've been really good uh, to listen to. So if anybody has a chance, I'd say get on Patreon. There are quite a few tiers, and it does not have to be expensive. And uh, get over there and see what's going on, because if you like listening to us, you're going to hear – a hell of a lot of really cool stuff over there, and it's coming straight from the horse's mouth, not just pants. Yeah, so I like hearing him that.
0: explain like uh, like I was kind of telling you just the offhand r- the Cliff Notes version of like what why he hasn't done San Diego and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm
0: reading a lot of the comments here. There are a first like a lot of comments. What about planet death? What about planet death? Yeah. It, it's gonna be that's just the the kind of little disappointing,
1: but the collective you know what's gonna happen next year is gonna be fucking planet death then next next year's no lie i honestly think that brett has always done his damnedest to make sure that the fans get what they want with this kind of noise if he doesn't make a little change which he may very well do but if he doesn't make a little change here i'm sure next year when they go to a different venue planet death is is going to be in full force Uh, Las Vegas, Las Vegas,
0: (laughs) uh, allows that kind of fuckery So, Well, they were actually talking about that next year where like for the collective it's in Philly. And I guess like Philly to AC is like, a they said like a bridge right away. So I don't know. I don't know exactly time-wise how close it is, but they're talking about like, maybe like they're not going to do the collective around Philly, because it's so close to AC, where they might just keep it at AC, and if so, then we obviously know there's going to anything's allowed at in the in the show boat. So I would really hope to see if that ha- is the case. Planet Death to make a comeback. So that was actually one of the kind of the points I wanted to go to that because I've never been like front row for like a like a death match tournament or deathmatch like only show. I've only been uh-huh. there for a couple, but I I do want to sit like there, like one of my goals is to catch a TOS. Like I want to go to the show but I yeah. catch a TOS one year and just be front row and be around all the fuckery and stuff like that because the adrenaline gets pumped up during these death matches for me where yes i am like i will protect my wife and like hide from the glass and stuff but like if it's just me there i'm just like i don't have to worry about if it's me getting messed up then i don't care it's my own choice so that is a little win cut out from my sales but i'm actually interested to see what the rest of the collective holds because every year i've watched the collective at home and it's just like i wish i was there for all those hours of wrestling and it's been fun it's been like watching the collective kind of grow and grow as it has so uh at least i'll be able oh to say gosh. i was
1: there this year you know what just hit me do you know how many shows we're reviewing <laughs> right, fans, it just now hit we're, me. we're
0: giving you the heads
1: up now we're gonna be playing catch up on a uh, collective week <laughs> <laughs> holy shit that's okay that's okay we can do i mean these are normally going to be two or three hour shows so that, you know we can be selective yeah but my gosh i just now thought we've never reviewed a collective weekend thank you for uh, giving me that heart attack oh, now
0: oh, yeah I just,
1: <laughs> yeah i'll start saving for, uh, for the liquor now oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah might be wow that, that was at least oh, a um, little breaking news though on gcw plant podcast all right well That's fantastic news. Um, I was going to go. I'm going to tell people I wanted to go so bad. However, I did something fantastic and I wanted to say it because my wife was really trying to go to a show that she's wanted to go to for the longest time. And for Christmas, I surprised her with tickets. So I looked at the time later when my wife mentioned it. Does she know she's getting the tickets at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're saying this on the podcast. She listens to it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah but i'm uh so i went ahead and got tickets and then as the collective information was coming out you know my wife is like hey uh that's the weekend of the concert and i'm like no but it's all good i get points for that yeah that'll be a there'll be cl- i'm so sorry i'm missing man i'm so sorry because i was really looking forward to getting out there then maybe we can go get something to eat out there and just kind of chill um I gave you the information for where we're staying in l a yeah down the road I don't know if you've gotten a hotel yet uh no because uh with everything okay. going on
0: <laughs> that's actually no, 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 planned, no. that's our next Dude, plan. life life is crazy right now um
1: yes because I was
0: so. even up in the air too during this whole time but uh that been, I, I worked would still out we believe worked it, it out. to be
1: up in the air right now no oh, okay. we worked it
0: out it's, we're going for okay. sure it's uh okay it's okay. a it's happening on the 18th. Well, we've only been two matches into the show so far, and
1: I think we're kind of deep. Yeah, uh, that's an okay thing. All right, we'll
0: get back into the action as our third matchup of the evening is FB going against Blake Christian. And I was what I was hoping for from this match. I got everything I wanted from. I wanted more. Uh, I think we talked about this when we previewed it. Is it going to be a more Blake Christian kind of speed match or is it going to be more of an Effie-paced match? Yeah. yeah. This was more Effie-paced and uh, with little spurts here and there for Blake to kind of do his Blake thing, and which is awesome to see. And Effie can hold his own with with Blake's speed. Is not saying like, Effie can't keep up with Blake, but there are two different kind of styles there in this wrestling match. And um, I enjoyed this match i really enjoyed blake going all in he went all in on this match like and Mm -hmm. after his entrance before the match even started my first note was i hope blake dives full Uh, hold on let me pull it up here sorry i hope blake dives full on into this heel character because it's time for his character to get that change and with AC I think this is the perfect way to do it where he's going to be guaranteed the heel uh, chance and if he fully solidifies instead of playing this back and forth good guy bad guy stuff that we're just still going to keep seeing AC getting heel and then Charlotte getting cheered and then AC getting booed and then in Los Angeles getting cheered so instead of just back and forth stuff I want Blake to go head on full heel mode and this was the start of it and as yeah. the weekend progressed, it fully, it fully happened uh, at the end. But I'm glad that Blake is doing what Kerry Morton did. And he's just fully on changing his character, his persona. I think he ever changed his music. If I want to remember correctly during this match was he came out to a completely different song. I think, I'm not sure. Mm. It's either, it either this show or the next show where he changes his music and everything. So um, I'm very glad Blake is going on with the heel stuff and with Effie kind of being... The opponent this night was a kind of a good tease and start of it. And Effie looked really good in this match too. And he got to do his fun spots. And I thought this was an entertaining match. It was short, but in Effie matches, he says, you don't to have a good match. You don't need to go long. You could do whatever you need to do in seven to eight minutes. And that's what this match was. And it was good. I liked it. This was a very good uh,
1: match, especially third match of the night. So after that chant of whack-ass haircut, (laughs) Blake <laughs> oh Christian, do you think that haircut's gonna come, out, uh, come back ever again? Um, it looks the same. Probably. Though. I don't know what so different. I think it was just the fans fucking with him. It was funny as shit though, because I don't think I've ever heard that before.
0: Yeah, so, like yeah, I didn't understand it. Like <laughs> I couldn't see the difference other than like he just the way he styled it looked different, but. I mean, it doesn't, going back and rewatching it now, I'm trying to think, like, it doesn't look any different than what I've seen from Blake, so no. I don't know what it's that the regular was. curly it was the stuff AC on the top. crowd.
1: Yeah, it was the AC <laughs> crowd making fun of Blake, so I was all for that. And the fans were up his ass from the beginning. He plays a fantastically good, cocky heel. I really like, I mean, personally, he seems like a really nice guy. I want to see him succeed. So I really hope that this heel aspect of him goes through and he gets somewhere with it. Because even on TV, it shows that he's been trying to find himself for a while now. And he has all of the wrestling fundamentals and every, all. He, he has a great package there already. He just needs to put the proper face with it. So I'm really hoping this is the Blake Christian we need. I just need to give it time to see where it develops, how deep he goes with that heel character he seems to get that hate heat that's what i'm noticing he seems to get that so i'm hoping he can harness that into something better because it would be nice he's also really good and bad at stalling he seems to eat up a lot of time when he's fucking around with the crowd and trying to do stuff with them i feel that's good and bad but again i'm not gonna complain man he's trying to be a heel I must say, I think
0: it's good when you're the heel, obviously bad when you're the face, because obviously they want to yeah. see all the like yeah. he's super talented. Like as much shit as I've always said about Blake, it's just character-wise, like he just needs to find something that fits him. And I think in him full on going into this, and hopefully he lasts more than two shows, like how it did with Grave the Graveheart with uh right. Moxley. Right. Um, I think he has something there where even with his moveset he's still going to get booed, but he's so still so good in the ring. He just needs that one extra mm-hmm. thing. And I think this is the start of it. And I, I'm actually can't wait to see this version of play Christian. And I hope he just keeps on getting the heat that he wants to get from the fans.
1: And I was laughing at the spot where Blake got bit by Effie. Then he tried to show Scarlet, and then tried to bite Scarlet to show her. Yep. <laughs> and she kind of pushed him off. So he just went ahead and just took the spit from his hand and wiped it on her pants. I, that was fucking awesome. I really like that a lot. Scarlet's and been was great a fantastic the spring. Okay. Um, I see why she gets as much work as she does now because she is, she's fantastic at what she does and she, she doesn't get in the way of anything and she knows where to be at the right times. And, um, Yeah, as a a referee, even just as a female, I hope she's really proud of what she does because as a female referee especially, she's really doing a damn good job. That's that's another one where I just want to say something nice because she deserves it.
0: Yeah, and her facial reactions, I think, add to the story that's being told in the the, the matches. And like during death matches, when there's a bunch of crazy shit going on, you see her like, whoa, what's going on? Or, whoa, that was a good move. And when it's time for especially Titus Alexander to get the heat on him. And he goes always right after Scarlett. She holds her own and she gets the pop with that way. Yeah. Like, I think she's been doing a very good job in all these matches with her refereeing. So with her, like in that spot that you said with the Blake wiping it on his hand, on her pants and stuff like that, she's just been adding stuff to these matches. And it's been fun to see her kind of do. Cause she's always in a lot of these matches nowadays. Well, it's like Aubrey Edwards without the obnoxiousness.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. It's like all the good things that Aubrey does. Minus all the bad things she does. Like if you could just strip her down and take away the obnoxiousness and take away the injecting herself, the mannerisms, and it's just too overblown. If you dialed Aubrey back, I think that's very close to what she is. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention it out there, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's just I'm not a big fan of how Aubrey gets in the way of things, but that's you know, maybe for another podcast. (laughs) Uh but yeah, uh Blake did a fantastic Springboard 450, he always does. Effie had a great curb stomp that looked absolutely devastating.
0: And I'm glad that it, he did it to Blake too, because that's what Blake moves. Yes. <laughs> like, I was so glad of that little turn turn of events there. I was like, there you go, Effie. That's brilliant psychology here during this
1: match. And this wasn't your classic Uber gay kind of Effie. This was Effie really having a real wrestling match out there. And again, I like seeing Effie do both. The mix of where he is now as an entertainer, mixed with the wrestling that he does now, would make a fantastic Effie. Effie's fantastic either way. I'm just saying that it was nice to see him get 11 to 12 minutes where he could go out there and have a fantastic match with a guy who really knows what he's doing. And I was really happy with it. This was good Effie wrestling. And I just, I was surprised. I didn't think we were going to see as much wrestling as we did. And it was welcome from from my eyes.
0: Yeah, I went into this match kind of like depending on what pace this would go of who would look good. Where I think they did a great job of Effie doing the wrestling Mm -hmm. and his spots to Blake where it still propped Effie up and made him look good. While Mm -hmm. also Blake getting his shit in and made him look good as well. So I think how they paced this match was really good between the both of them. And I enjoyed this match. It was actually everything I was hoping it would be. And it it delivered, and I enjoyed it. I really liked how they kind of played into the rumble the next night with Blake throwing Effie over of, like, multiple times over the top rope to kind of show, like, hey, this is what I'm going to be doing all night. The next night, I'm going to be tossing people over. So I like how they kind of foreshadowed what was happening the next night as well with the rumble and stuff like that. So that was a nice little thing I liked during this match.
1: And, yeah, this was an average amount of time, almost 12 minutes long. Effie ended up pulling off this win here. It was like a surprise roll up. I I didn't expect it. It was almost like the ref said, guys, it's time to wrap it up. He says, okay, here we go. And boom, boom, and done. I was really surprised that at the end of this match, Effie and Blake had a hug and they ended this whole thing with kind of a happy moment. And I didn't expect that. I really did, and I thought maybe. Re- and again, right here would have been a great spot for Christian to fucking give him, give him sweet chin music. Should have, should have I dropped that motherfucker right there on the spot.
0: I think it was good prelude as well, and once again, foreshadowing for what happened at the Rumble of what he does at the Rumble uh-huh. too. So, uh-huh. I thought this was a good, like you said, I wasn't expecting the happy moment, but the way it happened, and just what I was kind of like. Picture might happen with Blake the next night. I didn't think it would go like how it did. It went really better than I, I would have planned it and booked it. But um, it was one of those times where, was, as you said, like, as I said, at the beginning of the match, is this going to be the time where Blake fully dives on in? And I think we're getting like yeah. during these matches and his what was going on, it was getting the tease, the tease, the tease. And then when it finally happened, it was awesome and it worked out really good even though it wasn't towards effie but the same uh, situation as we'll talk about the next podcast what happens i think it's it was good it was good for effie and i love how effie's getting these kind of big wins over john wayne murdoch right after tos and up against blake christian who very rarely loses in gcw um effie getting like and they're like quick little they weren't like i did my finish and come back and boom it's over with it's these quick surprise roll-ups or these surprise pins that he's doing to get these victories. And I think that just adds more to his character, where it's like, hey, you just never know when is gonna win or what he's gonna do to win. So I think that gives him a little bit more leeway on his moveset and skills and how he builds up to finishes now for the end of these matches, where you never know when Effie's match is gonna end. So that little bit of surprise. I get it. Yeah. yeah, and then like and not knowing and expecting of when the finish is gonna be at. It's added, adds a fun little layer watching Effie's matches.
1: So, a hundred percent, this does not need to happen. But Effie versus Gauge, do you think that may come down the pipeline, or or is that too Face versus Face? Ugh. I could see them doing it to do it, but what I'm saying is yeah, on the no. big stage. And again, it doesn't need to happen because they each have their own beautiful atmosphere that works by itself. So I'm not saying that it might be a waste to put them together. For sure.
0: i I both ways. Like I would like to see it. But as you said, it doesn't need to happen, especially it doesn't like there's just no way to go around it. I don't know. Like I don't Effie's like. a total show. Gage is a total show all of his own, you know. Mad respect. Yeah. I would I honestly thought Effie at the time with Moxie would would have been at that time a good person to get the put the GCW world title on. And I still think that Effie's always going to be in the hunt to be uh thought of as a possible GCW world title contender. But I, I, at the moment with Nick Gage, it's kind of hard to tell if he is going, if he wouldn't be a good matchup with Gage or not. But I would like to see that match. But as we always say, it needs to make sense and not just be put together like how some of these other matches are. So I don't know. That's it. That's, yeah, that's everything you said is like true. It's like we want to see it, but it doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need be to happen. Cool, but what mm-hmm. would be the reasoning for it and stuff like that? So,
1: yeah. And the storyline would be so fucked. Somebody would have to be the bad guy. And I have a feeling they'd have to turn Effie because Gage is in that spot where Stone Cold is, where John Moxley is, where being bad is good. Yeah. So the bad guy, all the shit's going to have to come out of Effie. And that's going to be really, he can do it. He has really good depth, actually, when it comes to um, acting a little bit. So I'd, I think he could do it. But. I just had to ask you that question because you know it doesn't need to happen i think it's a novelty thing i don't think it needs to be a big stage thing and again they just work so well together on their own it'd be like blowing two fucking loads back to back in three minutes like it's not worth it you know what i mean like you need a little separation there to enjoy yourself so i don't know i'm looking at it that way it's just an odd question and we've never talked about that one before so
0: i would like to see effie though (sighs) in the title scene because i think he absolutely deserves it and he's been just based off the in ring, he's been killing it and on a consistent basis, and still over yeah. his rover wherever he goes. It's like I enjoy watching Effie, and I think he, even though he's had a he had a long title run back with the the tag titles, um, I would like to see him kind of as a singles competitor get a little shine on the singles belts as well.
1: So I had a little idea before we get out of the the Fe portion of the show. He's been really bitchy lately, and he admits it himself. I thought it'd be cool if he called himself the Queen Bee. The other <laughs> one that I think would be cool, if not him, would be if Allie called herself the Queen Bee. And that actually, I'll talk about it now just for fun. I was Allie's rough on Allie. Something changed. Allie needs Effie. something. Yeah. And, you know, great point because this will kind of go in together. I was rough on Allie and certain times because it feels like she's there. She's tagging on Effie. You know, I was saying these things and I believe it. Since I've talked about that, I want to say that she's done a fantastic job doing singles things on her own. She's traveling all over the place. She's working her ass off. I think she's doing a really good job. So I wanted to give her the same treatment that I gave Kevin Blackwood and Masha Slamovich, which is, I didn't get you at first. Now I do. And I appreciate what you do. So I wanted to make sure I said that. And I thought it was fair that one of the few things I've ever said, GCW ever negative negative about any talent or ever. One of the few was about Blackwood because I didn't get him initially. Masha because I didn't get her initially. And Allie because it just, I didn't get her initially. It wasn't my style, I thought. I watched it more. I've seen how she's improving. I respect the amount of work she's putting in. And she is pulling away into her own. I hope the same way she finds something for herself too. I want to see her succeed. Um, And that's what I have to say about that. I just wanted to get that out there and clear the air that... This is another one where I didn't get it. I was wrong. I got further information and I've changed my mind that I do feel that she does excellent work. I just wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to everything, I guess. And now I am.
0: Yeah. I think Allie is just in need of something just to change it up just a little bit. Like how she changed it up to work with uh, Effie as Team Bussy. I thought that was perfect good for her, but I think it, Kind of now is not expired, but like that time's kind of, they had their time with the titles. I think it's just now something that she needs, to, something needs to spice in her character up a little bit and get her, the crowd with her as much as they were for a long time with Effie. While Effie's still excelling by himself, um, not changing anything. So I don't think he does need to change, but I'm hoping Effie has a bright 2023 in the GCW, some sort of title scene, because I think he's definitely earned it while also still being himself and being super over without having to do anything yeah. crazy, yeah. which is awesome. So I just hope he gets rewarded for that kind of stuff that he's been doing. And lately. he's another one.
1: I want to see succeed. It seems like he's working his ass off all the time. I appreciate that. I get it. I'll never shit on hard work ever. Yeah. Um, I really do feel he is the fucking show. That's what maybe he should go with. He should do a whole fucking show kind of thing where I'm the whole show. Uh, Because right now he's in that pissy kind of thing where I feel he can create a character out of that. He has pretty deep emotions, it seems, with the way he talks sometimes. I think he could dig in there and find something when it comes to being a heel. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. But yeah, I hope, I hope Effie gets out there and I hope 2023 is really good for him, he's been doing a lot out there for his community. He's been outspoken when he needs to. And I hope he stays uh, on top where he should be for what he's trying to do, man. I, I think he's a good guy. And I hope he, uh, I'm repeating myself four times. I just, <laughs> I hope he succeeds, man. I'm, I'm in one of those tired things. Like when I'm, when I'm uh, interrupting you, I'm yeah. tired, So Well, my wife still
0: wants to see Effie as refy because of you. So uh, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe we can see him refereeing a couple matches here as refy. So that'll be a good yeah. thing to look forward to maybe at the collection. Big
1: too. gay brunch. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell you, man. Yeah, he's like, you know what? There's been too much shit going on. I'm going to referee this one myself. And Love well, it. I don't want
0: to jump ahead because, like, I know it happened two shows later. But whatever happened at the Chicago show, whenever we do cover it, I think we kind of predicted back when we saw Pero and Mason. I kind of that I said maybe the collective for Effie's Big Gay Brunch were looking at a uh, Charles Mason and Pero. And uh, oh, a yeah. possible third member, which we now know there will be uh, going against and kind of having the blow off at Effie's Big Gay Brunch. It hasn't been announced yet, but I'm thinking that's where it's going to lead to as the big story for that show. And I think that's going to be fun. And I think maybe then we'll see a possible, maybe Alley Catch turn or something like that. We'll see. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Wow. That's an idea. Uh, and I will say, Alley Catch does do a good job at playing both face and heel. I've yeah, seen her do both. I think she does a good job. The heel work that she's done for
0: Wrestling Revolver with JT Dunn, I kind of liked because it's different. Yes. It's something different yes. that we've been saying. So
1: yeah, uh, man, bring out the depth on your character, Allie. We freaking want to see you do it, babe. Yes. Mean it in the nicest way. <laughs> I call everybody babe.
0: <laughs> Going into our fourth matchup of the evening. This is a matchup we said should have happened the moment we saw one Leon Slater. As Leon goes one on one with Tony Deppin. And I was just praying for a showcase here. And we got com- it. Yes, a coming out party for Leon where I don't think it was as clean as it could have been, but that's neither here nor there. I think Leon proved himself to the fans in attendance. And for me, I know at home I yeah, this this solidified he needs to be in GCW as a GCW regular because. He's so young, so talented, and he could fit right in with a lot of different matchups that GCW has with their current uh, "quote unquote" regular roster. Where I want to see it, all of it, and this was a good taste of hopefully more to come that we see from Leon Slater and Tony Deppen. Once again, awesome job making Leon look as good as he did, and
2: yes, he still. Did.
0: Still putting over his asshole self and making himself look good and get the booze as Kerry Morton did. So this match hit and I loved all of it. And I want to see more Leon.
1: So I thought it was funny that Tony came out to the Happy New Year hat and fans were singing his music the whole time. Still getting that face entrance. I think it's just so damn hard to turn down his music and, you know, you have to sing. That's going to be a difficulty. Either that or it's going to be like a Kylie Ray situation where you do love to see him come out and do his thing. But the minute he gets in the ring, fuck you guys. I'm not sure. Leon Slater, he was getting his own chance. The fans were split on him. I think there were quite a few fans that didn't know what we knew about Slater and they didn't see what we've seen with Slater, even on just GCW wrestling alone. Um, I'll jump ahead just for a moment. It was satisfying to see the fans get it about halfway through. And understand how good Leon Slater really is. Because right now, Leon Slater is one of these guys where he's just another young talent that we have right now who has great wrestling maturity before his years. Uh, We need to celebrate that because he's only going to get better.
0: And I thought this was a perfect one-on-one match for him headed into the next night with him against Nick Wayne because... Obviously that's the other one we said that needed to happen and we got it the next night and that blew the roof off the place. But I think this was a good way to showcase of what he's capable of, especially with someone like Tony Deppin who could get the best out of anyone. And for him to do what he did with Leon was awesome. And Leon stepped up. Like I said, I I just say it wasn't as clean because there was like a couple slips, but that's something physical. It wasn't like he did something wrong. It wasn't, yeah. It wasn't like he did something happens. wrong or was in the wrong spot at the wrong time. and just had a brain freeze or something like, it's just something like with his dynamic moveset, you're going to slip every once in a while or misstep and stuff like that. But I think he played it off so good where it didn't come off as Oh, that was a botch where he played him and Tony played it off or no, like, yeah, it was a slight mistake. And Tony advantage, Tony took advantage of it. And right away, where there was no time for us to think about, oh, was that supposed to happen or whatnot? It just, yeah, a little, yeah. little slip up. And that's what's going to happen in sports and wrestling in general, where no matter how well you plan it or practice it and do it, like it's physical sport. And he slipped, but I don't think it took anything away from Leon. And I, I just loved how they kind of like his maturity, as you said, was to not dwell on it and like, oh, shit, I did this, like, and have it get to his head where it would affect the rest of the night he made the mistake and it just played off so smoothly with like the maturity level of Tony and himself, Leon to kind of just roll with the punches and go through it and make it look like it was supposed to happen. I thought it was very cool. And this match was awesome. Like I love Leon Slater. Whenever he does this Swanton four fifties, just that's one of my favorite It's probably right now. My favorite move to watch because it's, he does it so smooth and so clean every time. And it was teased quite a bit during this match. And then, uh, uh, this was fun. This was
1: what we asked for, and I'm glad we got it. And highly anticipated. This was one of those ones where I felt like I needed to kind of settle in the couch. I'm like, okay, I'm not moving. This shit's going to get good. My notes are going to be good. I was waiting for this. We asked for it. I don't know how. We must have made someone happy somewhere. And we were fortunate enough to get this. And the one thing I want to mention for sure is that Leon is extremely nimble and quick. I think he has a fantastic height. Which works really well. He's young. I really do want to see him, just like Tony Deppen, have success in the future. I think they're both excellent men who are gonna go somewhere. I'm really surprised Deppen isn't there yet, but it looks like he's on his way. I'm a hundred percent pro Deppen. Uh, I was going for Leon Slater, honestly, only because he's younger and it was kind of booked that way, but also because I just want to see the young kid win. I want to see him get some wins under his belt and see what a crowd looks like from the American side, because I really do think England isn't going to be for him much longer. I really think that he's well-received here, and it may be only a matter of time before AEW starts putting him on dark. I really do think. I, I say that a lot, but I, I know the feel of each show. I understand elevation. I understand dark. Those are different levels. I think, I think we could get him in there somewhere at some point, and is going to do just fine absolutely fine fuck put him with the east west express just for one night and see what those three could really do in the ring and it would be a match for the ages i am all for that that would give me three luchas give me three luchas give me give me uh you know what no don't give me three give me ninja mac commander and throwing a gringo loco asf dante leon would be a fantastic choice oh yeah
0: yeah, I would definitely like to see Leon team up with uh, Nick and Jordan. That'd be an incredible tag team.
1: I yeah, I'm a I'm
0: I'm all I'm all in. I was all in. I think right away when I saw Leon, like just after that first night, I was like, yeah, that's one of these ones. But obviously, we don't fully get to see what they do one on one until, or fully what they're capable of until we see them one on one. And I just love how they put him with Tony Depp, and just like how they did with Commander, the first one on one match for him. Just that's. Tony's so good and so perfect for them to kind of grow and play off of Tony and have Tony kind of help out and pace the match while getting the extra heat on him and giving you extra uh, cheers just because of how bad everyone hates Tony Depp. And I think that just only helped Leon and it, Leon stepped up. Like like I said, it was I want to see him all the time. Now he needs to be a GCW regular um I think yeah with the scrambles with the lucha stuff that they do scrambles, for sure. Like, he would be killer like and it's so crazy just to think about him and Nick Wayne at such a young age how solid and talented they are and how like smooth they are in the ring for talent that young like I I seen 22 year old 23 year old wrestlers that don't look as smooth and uh like they know what they're doing in there as much as Leon and Nick does and stuff like that. So I just love all the young talent that GCW is using. I think Leon just fits right in with the, all the other young talent. And I want to see Leon versus Alec Price now and Leon versus Axel. Oh like there's just so much that GCW could do with all this young talent. And I hope Leon does stick, stick here and not go back, uh, back home for at least a foreseeable future.
1: Yeah. Th- this whole thing was solid. This was, um, It was just loaded with wrestling. I don't have another way to really put it. There was a spot where Leon jumps over that corner post that he always does onto Tony to the outside of the ring. Uh, Slater also had a fantastic reverse into a twisting neck breaker that I wanted to mention. You got to go see this kid. If you haven't already, please go see him while you can. He's only getting a little older, but what makes him so special is his athleticism at his age and his youth. And We'll see how long that athleticism stays. You know, it's it's not easy for high flyers, so appreciate them while you can. Same thing, Leon Slater is somebody you want to see live or at least on TV live so you don't have to watch it on tape later. You want to be able to say you've seen him when he was 17, 18 years old and just fucking tearing it up on the independent scene. Watch it now and appreciate it now because you will be appreciating him and his tapes he's doing right now down the road, five to 10 years. Yeah. I, I, just, no, <laughs> I like loaded, yeah. that
0: earlier, like how I'm like, I missed out on independent wrestling really until G- I found GCW. And ever since I found GCW, all these young talents, like it's so awesome seeing them grow week by week and stuff. And then when they finally do make it onto AEW or WWE or impact, even, and all these other bigger quote unquote mainstream wrestling stuff, it's so cool seeing like, Hey, I remember watching him, like not struggle but go through the the ups and downs of independent wrestling and see how they fought through the adversity and kept on growing and now we get to see the fruit of their labor and it just it makes it for me it makes it feel so cool like just watching them kind of graduate and keep on doing it because we found them at such a young age as you said
1: yeah, I uh I'd like to know how long he's been wrestling. I'm not gonna look it up real quick, but I'm guessing it's two, three years. It cannot be long. And if it is long, that explains the amount of athleticism and ring knowledge that he seems to have at such an age. Um, I'm gonna go ahead with the winner so I can talk about a couple little notes that I thought of afterwards. Our winner here ended up being Tony Deppen. He had this vicious knee to the head and it just laid out Leon quick one, two, three. What I wanted to mention here was we got what we wanted out of this match, which I thought was satisfying. When you have something in your head, you always picture it going a certain way. This was pretty damn close to me to what I thought it was going to be and I'm a satisfied, happy viewer after that. The other thing I wanted to mention was at the end of this show, we got Leon Slater chance, we got please come back chance. The fans love Slater just like we do and I felt that was satisfying to see uh people really discover how capable he is as a performer?
0: Yeah, I'm totally cool with Tony Depp again. This win, I know, like you said, we want to see the them win and get the victories and stuff. But I, first, this first, one didn't matter. Yeah, first, first one on one, I I don't even like. I just remember Nick Wayne took a bunch of L's when he first started and stuff like that. And then now you see where that's kind of helped him grow and got the fans behind him. Well, see, they, oh, we want to see Nick win. We want to see Nick win. And then when they finally get it. That it's t- it's the perfect time for him because now he could capitalize on that stuff and I think the time's going to be there for Leon Slater. I just think now's not the time, and that's perfectly fine because he's so young and hopefully we'll see him a lot more. Where these little like losses against Tony Deppens and big names will won't be as dramatic as it would be if it was against like someone else like Innalec Price or axon Ray and stuff like that.
1: Okay, so I got one for you. Get ready for this. It is a GCW show under and 25 showcase 25 and under that's the only ones that are showing up it's going to be gcw the future is bright all we're going to do is showcase 25 and under one show where we take what we think is the future five years from now and we get them all on tape for one show and tell these kids just fucking show out just show out we want we want you guys at your top and we want it under the gcw video library Tonight's the night for all of you to show everyone else how hard you've worked and what you're capable of.
0: I thought that's what the J-Cup was going to be until I saw names like Gresham, Speedball, Joey. Oh, it's still possible. It's no, still no, very yeah. possible.
1: Once I add think somebody... those guys may help.
0: Yeah. No, exactly. They'll elevate them and only like, I hope we don't see one of those names, like the names that we already kind of know win it. I would like to see, like so, like you said, one of these 25-runners, these these young younger uh, wrestlers win it because i think they need it more than like a joey does or speedball even and stuff like that especially with i think speedball just won
1: the speedball's on one. a yeah. fucking tear my friend he's so, on a tear Yeah, but
0: I think I think that's what the whole purpose of the J Cup is, and I like you said they can still do it even with the bigger names. But like when they were first announced names, I thought that's what they were going. It was hey, let's showcase what our young talent can do. That's not the death match wrestlers, but show the world of what our under twenty five could do. Because we we always talk about the young pillars, young pillars, and all the young talent. And they could easily fill, like they did, 16 to 20 spots of all those young talents and show them, hey, this is your big platform. Do it. But like I said, that's why I don't know. Like YouTube would be easy, but I think it would be hard to find unless you are on the GCW socials and to look up JCW, even though it's under the GCW channel. But I think they should kind of put it on Fight TV because, because I think that would be where the people would know to fi- find that show for sure. Unless they, unless they really promote the hell out of watch this, like one of the greatest independent wrestling tournaments in the last few years for free on YouTube, which I think w- would be very good of them to do as well. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to the, those great young talents to just ball out on Jacob. That's why I'm so excited for Jacob to see, even like with Joey speedball Gresham, I would love, I want to see these matches happen. Like even if on night yeah. Two, oh yeah they need to fill in time for right in between the semifinals and finals or stuff like that. Like all the people that lost put them in like a scramble or something like that and just have them go kind of nuts. Like I want to see not just the matchups that happen in the tournament, but like all the ones between the losers, the people that lost, I would like to see some of those matchups happen just because uh, there's so much great talent and so many fun possibility of matchups we could see during that tournament. I hope we do see, uh, a lot lot of different variations of those matchups.
1: Well, I mean, PWG pretty much took the average GCW show, slapped their name on it, and said it's Bola, baby. Yep. That's an average yeah. show for us. Yep. That's Five a bucks a fucking month, and we're getting Bola one, two times, sometimes a weekend. Yeah. You know, we're getting, we're getting quality shit going on, and I hope, like I said, I, maybe I'm just, I haven't talked for a while, but I'm so pumped up about the fact that, 2023 looks really promising for gcw they're on the right trajectory i mean look at all the growth that's been happening fight tv picked them up we're only going to go from here i mean we're only going to go higher from here and then we have an owner who's more than willing to listen to the fans and try to make them happy this is fantastic we're in a good spot as long as our fans don't become ae aew fickle fans we should be all right that's my only concern, but I think at the independent level, the fans are a different kind of fan, and they're not that fickle. Yeah. I think they're picky. We're picky in a different way. And we're yeah. not,
0: like, they're not on Twitter and all that stuff as much as more, like, the AEW fans are and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, we know our regulars that we see on GCW, then they're, like, we see them at shows every weekend. Like, it was funny, watching this show. Like, I was watching the show with my wife on New Year's Eve, and- like I was like pointing out cameraman and regular fans and other like wrestlers and stuff. She's like, how do you know all these people? I'm like, well, I've seen it enough and I've seen all their interactions on Twitter and I, they go to all these mm-hmm. shows. And so it's uh it's kind of nice seeing all the different uh, personalities on Twitter and stuff. But like, I think for the most part, like just being at the, like the LA crowd, they don't know what the wrestling is. Half the people uh, over half the people that are there that I don't even know how they even got a ticket to a GCW show or what made them go. Or maybe they're just trying not to be a smart fan and trying to act like could be oh, AAA I, fans. Yeah, it could be because like it's, I, I the last LA show, I was surrounded by a bunch of people. that are like, have no idea what's going on or who Sawyer Rec is or who. Uh, oh, Kingo so you got is, to see the just, birth.
1: Now, yeah, so you got to like, see all of their heads go. Boom. Yep, oh, and that was one man. of the fun
0: parts. Like they don't know what's going on, and I think that just kind of goes off of a lot of independent slash GCW wrestling fans were. A lot of them mm-hmm. don't know the ins and outs like how we kind of like not we still don't know the whole ins and outs, but like we kind of know like a what this little wink was and here and there because we follow the wrestlers on Twitter and yeah, it's like yeah. something like a Twitter beef or a Twitter meme and stuff like that. So
1: um yeah, it's just been we, fun. We know GCW programming like the back of our hand. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, <laughs> we we kind of understand. You know, we, we kind of know how many matches, nine, you know, nine matches generally a show. We know the average time somewhere between 11 and 14 minutes, 14 if it really needs to breathe. You know, we're, we're kind of learning where placement is. We also know that Brett really does like to play with match placement because we notice that the matches are placed in different order for different shows, and um you know we do see all these things that's why I mentioned earlier about how many things GCW has improved from my perspective personally it is a hell of a lot easier to review a three-hour show when everything's working perfectly and it's been a hell of a lot easier to review these shows the last three four five maybe even six months than it was when I was first watching I wasn't reviewing but it was harder to watch in the beginning and now at least we have a secure signal. There's no dropped feed. Remember all those things mm-hmm. that didn't kind of, uh, they've worked hard to get rid of those. And I'm I'm so thankful they did because now it's a hell of a lot more fun to watch. And it doesn't take away from the show that they're working so hard to put on for us. And
0: even now with fight TV plus being $5 and you get the whole library, you could go back and watch the history and go back it's and learn, learn about like why some of these matchups and some of the stuff that these commentators are saying, like, you could go back and watch, like, the reasoning for this matchup or why this is important and stuff like that. And I think that was a lot, very good of GCW to do and make it easier, as you said, for the fans to kind of catch up and play along as as they go on, on their own time as well.
1: I think that the video packages and the storylines also show a maturity to GCW. It's starting to now move them along. Instead of just a company that shows up, puts on nine matches, leaves, there's continuous stories. There's backgrounds now to follow. It has added depth and it also adds a greater connection from the fan to the wrestler. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. They did that. The video packages have been spot
0: on. Like, I am so glad they're doing that. They're doing exactly what we said. They're giving
1: Tony D a platform of doing his videos. And we see, Mm -hmm. um, um, Tony kills it, by the way. That's yes. another one that I want to make sure some of these people know. There's a lot of people behind the scenes we don't know their fucking names, man. They kill it for us, and we appreciate it.
0: Yeah, they're not uh, like the only. They're just like us. They're just fans that go down there. They just mm-hmm. take the ph- photography, and make their own videos on their own stuff. They're not like paid by GCW and stuff. And that's something we said it should be kind of easy to do as long as you get the permission from those uh, photographers or video makers and stuff. Yeah. So, like their video package, I've been loving seeing it. It's been awesome, and I like. Yeah, Tony D seems like the one they do the most, but yeah, he's been killing it. But I love seeing like mouses. I think he's got his pictures on there, but not like video making and stuff like that. But like seeing these photographers that we see every show and stuff like that, getting their work put on GCW program has been kind of cool seeing because we see him at every show working their ass off. And they get the reward of having their content put on GCW uh, shows and stuff like that. And it's so good for the fans to play catch up where if you missed a couple shows and you don't know why this match is happening or what's going on, boom, here's a quick story and you're into it and everyone's call caught up.
1: And for those of you out there that are fans that are working your ass off and like us, man, we're doing it for the love, no money, no commercials, no bullshit. We don't sell anything. We mentioned the stuff that we think fans should know, like the fight TV thing, but most people know that the Patreon thing, most people know that, but For anyone out there who's doing it for free like we do, who does it for the love, fucking we love you back, man. We know why you're doing it, because you're doing it why we do it. We just want some eyes to the product. We want to see people enjoy themselves. We've gained a lot from it, and we want to see others enjoy themselves just as much. Yep.
0: Before we get to the fifth matchup of the evening, we have the world champion, Nick fucking gauge comes out and cuts a promo before the next match and he cuts the promo pretty much saying uh, he's down to fight anyone anytime he doesn't really have any uh, at this at this moment there was no next person in line for a title shot so he had no one kind of going after him so that's when he kind of once again does his little open not challenge but makes it known to the whole roster that anyone could come in uh fight nick gage for the belt you're gonna to have to take it off of his cold dead body and all that fun stuff that he always says and it was i'm, I'm glad at least if he wasn't wrestling on this show at least he was uh, able to come out and cut this promo as we always say we'd still get to see nick gage and he still gets to get the crowd yep. reaction and stuff and um it's yeah stone cold
1: yeah pretty much we'll take him That's that. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of jet that in there real quick. Yeah, that was he's our stone cold right now. He comes out, you know, the glass breaks. Everybody loses their shit. He comes to the ring. A little bit of, oh, hell yeah. You know, gets in there. Doesn't drink beers, but, you know, salutes the crowd. Everybody's happy. He has his sayings. He hits his marks. People love it, man. Yeah, and I'm I'm all uh, for that. So then we get a surprise little entrance into our or uh little thing here maki ito comes out and gets in the ring with nick gage she goes through all of gage's chants with the crowd which i really enjoyed a lot and after that back and forth gage asks maki does he want to be does she want to be gang affiliated she says yes he says maki must go through alley catch he calls out for ali she comes out that's match five yeah, I
0: I love how Maki. This is the second time she's interrupted uh Nick Gage during one of his um uh promo times. Or actually was it was she in the ring and then he interrupted her, I think.
1: Well anyway, that that's her. Okay, second. so I think yeah. she first interrupted him, and then I'm pretty sure that he tried to interrupt her at some point, and then this one she interrupted him. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I well uh, this is I don't the know. second
0: time she's in there as doing promos yeah, with Nick Gage, yeah. so that's that's very, very cool part number one. Um part number two during this whole time. It looked like like the first time Nick Gage like kind of played along with it and oh okay, Maki's Maki wants to be gang affiliate. Well this time yeah, it's like
1: cute, it's cute, yeah.
0: yeah. This time he was like, No, like we ain't we ain't for this shit no more. Like you had your fun last time, you want to prove your MDK affiliate, you gotta earn it and go through uh one of the MDK members and Alley catch. And I, I liked it because it kind of gave a purpose for Alley catch of to kind of she's a gatekeeper that ga- ah, you said it exactly i was about to say for her time to be the gatekeeper here of the mdk game and um kind of like hey if makita wants it you got to go through me i'm still on this roster i'm still the the toughest bitch i you guys have here i'm still alley catch everybody still knows what i'm capable of and if you want it this time maki you're gonna have to earn it. and i like how nick gage played into it of it was kind of heelish a little bit kind of like oh you uh-huh. gonna have to you have to you have to earn this, and I was thinking right away here, before this match started, maybe this leads to the collective, in some sort of way. I was kind of like, maybe Nick Gage going against Maki Ito, uh, for the world title at the collective oh, would be kind of fun. I thought, I thought oh, at this shit. point maybe she was going to win the
1: rumble the next night. Um, well, there's something developing here. Yeah, and I'm all for it. What and it I'm, is? What it is? I don't know. I do like that they work together. I don't. It's just okay so why i was watching this match coming up it just it dawned on me that just she's so gcw maki is so gcw and then you put her looks with it and it's just a great fit um with with all this i'm going to go back to the alley thing alley needs to be and should be the gatekeeper of any women that come through that place and like i said queen b she should treat i don't know treat herself as such and maybe go you know what bitch Oh, good. Welcome to GCW, huh? Ah, it's nice to meet you. And then she's the enforcer on the women's side. She's, I mean, she is it. That's what I think they were building for her uh, during the Ruby Riot times. And I think that needs to come back. And maybe that would give her direction where she comes to the ring with a stare like she knows she's going to tear that bitch apart. she You know, the opponent just doesn't know it yet. I think giving her some attitude could be helpful here. Yep, she's, I, she's so happy and you know, like poppy and get good, you know, maybe just maybe some attitude would really do something here. I'm I'm not sure. No, I'm right there with you. I think,
0: like, especially during this match, um, I could see her like, hey, like, you guys seem to forgot what I'm capable of here. I'm the I am mm-hmm. the knife wheeling stab, I'll stab you. I am the death match, not queen, but like, you know, before Rena, I was here doing the same shit Rena was doing. But you guys all seem to forgot that I am capable of all of this stuff because of what I've been doing with Effie and Pussy and stuff. So I can yeah. see her, yeah, going like full dark and kind of re- like reminding people of why she's the baddest one in here and kind of going full on heel just to protect her own status and not liking how Billy Starks is coming up and Sawyer Wreck taking her spot dark chic maki ito like i i see very yeah. well easy they could switch it and it'll be uh, like we've been saying the nice refresher for alley catch and stuff like that and i thought this match was especially with the ending of it it's kind of like what? like i don't want to go skip the ending but i could just see that leading towards a lot of questions going through her head that could uh possibly be the reason why she does this instead of just doing it for no reason. There's the reason for it. And it makes sense in my eyes. And as you said, it kind of give her purpose of what's going on.
1: Yeah. If she was just the one that held the keys on the women's side and had the attitude to go with it. And I mean, it got to a point where it's like Samoa Joe, Allie's going to kill you just comes out and just Allie's going to, and she just has this fucking look to her. That's just wild. And she takes that size and everything she has, and she just lays it into whoever the fuck is in that ring. And it doesn't matter who, someone that night is going to get eaten. And she just beats the shit out of whomever. I think that would be a great way to go with her. Just basically turn up her aggression. We know she's nice. We know she's happy. We know she likes the party atmosphere. We know she is that that going type. Turner. Turner. Same thing with... um. Same thing with Billy Starks. I can't wait until she's truly turned, really turned. She, oh, Billy can't Billy do it Starks, yet. She yeah. smiles too much, but when her time comes, I think she's another one be a fantastic heel. So did you notice that face wash? Just, I love, yep. You I were gonna it. say it right? No, that's that's in my
0: notes. I loved how, as a way to prove Makito's gang affiliated, she's been watching the King's tapes and knows his moves and uh hits the, hits the face, face wash alley. And I was at that point, I'm like, please give me a choke breaker at some point during this match. I need to see a choke breaker right, as right. a way to kind of like say, hey, I know what I'm getting myself into to be gang affiliated. Like, I was prepared for this, I was prepared for you to possibly give me Ali but like, I loved that the boost scrape itself was awesome just because it kind of was like showing the crowd like hey i know what nick gage is all about i see i am mdk affiliated i'm worthy enough to be
1: affiliated with you and then she throws up the gang size afterwards too when she hit right? it was awesome i i think they're making a female nick gage so i really think that's what that may very well be her music will hit they will cheer the ass you know the ass off of her and then when she comes out she hits her one two three just like everyone else does she won't get it as big maybe she will get it as big but uh is that what we have going here is this a female nick gauge like they're passing the torch and not passing the torch hold on but they're allowing her to use some of these things i don't want to say pass the torch like she's gonna have it and run with it and that's it i'm just saying it helps her get her over with us fans interesting and she's over, too. So this yeah. really makes it interesting. They don't have to do much work. And this match was about Maki. No bullshit. This was 11 and a half minutes about putting over Maki.
0: And that's where I was going to say next is this is what I think Ali Catch stepped up here. She did her part yes. in this match to absolutely make Maki look incredibly good, while also whenever it was her turn to shine. She showed like, "Hey, this is still my house. You're coming into my house, yep. taking it yep. from me, but you're not just going to come in here and take my M.D.K. status away and be the new part." Like when it's, when she needed to shine and show what she's made of, she absolutely did. But when it was her Maki's turn to shine, Alley Catch did a fantastic job of putting Maki over, and I loved like once she once she started bleeding, I was like, "That's that's awesome. Like that's showing mm-hmm. this is the Alley Catch that." could be happening as a heel where like you're getting your comeuppance now, even though the crowd loves you, but like let's say as a heel and she was getting bladed like how Maki did, like the fans would just eat that up even more if she was like darker heel kind of stuff. So I really enjoyed her willing, putting herself out there to make everything possible for Maki to look good. And it, she did her purpose here. This was perfect for Maki and perfect job by catch to make Maki to look that good.
1: Yeah. And this match was part of the reason why I said, I have to really change my thoughts on what Allie is capable of and and who she is. And I seen a side of Allie here I thought was fantastic. And yeah, her wrestling this match was absolutely complimentary. It was complimentary to Maki and I have to compliment her on it. I, uh, I like this concept of the engaged Maki parallel Maki used the pizza cutter which I thought was interesting. She started cutting Allie on every side of the ring, Nick Gage style. The one thing I also wanted to say about Allie, I really felt bad for her. Her gear was giving her major problems and it was affecting her performance. And no lie, I just wanted to say I saw it. I felt bad for her. That's a real pain in the ass to have to deal with. So it really put her off her game a little bit and she's still freaking delivered. So I thought that was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I I just say I didn't even notice what like even I don't like what you
1: were talking constantly. about with that. She like, was constantly fighting with her okay. gear, unfortunately and I just felt bad for her because it was taken away from her. She was constantly adjusting and it was just taken away from her like even running. She was pulling on her stuff. Oh, okay. It was just I feel bad cuz well, like you said she played energy. it off. Like I didn't even notice. On my end I didn't even
0: notice. So on my end like she played it off very good if it was you or something you noticed and I didn't then she played it yeah. off well enough and I just didn't catch that but Yeah, that's, I think Catch. this was one of the better performances of lately. I've seen her.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It didn't even need blood. It was just the way it was, the story was being told was really well done. Uh, She was cut fairly bad in this one. Anyway, those, uh, the blood really started during the um, pizza cutter stunt there. So she was really, that's where it really was done. And the first time on the first side of the ring, when maki started cutting her i went for christ's sake if they don't get blood on her it's gonna look so bad on maki and it's gonna look so bad on ally and by the time she got to that second rope i see a little blood was starting to form and i went oh okay good good because it would have looked so fucking weak for them to go out there and do that without blood. And we talked about that before. Yeah. Just produce a little something if you're going to have that close up because otherwise it just looks like shit and you're just rubbing your shit across their forehead and it's easily seen. So don't do that um, just from a fan's perspective. That's all.
0: And once again, Maki, I think every every time we've seen her in a GCW slash JCW ring, I think I think she performed once or twice for JCW, like she's hit like she hasn't disappointed every sec, like every segment that she's been in has been very entertaining, whether it's just be in the ring promo, singing the song during Cardona's wedding or having a match. Like she's put on entertaining matches and still done her thing that got her over, especially with American fans in the first place and stuff. So I've, I'm glad that she had this match and um, I'll kind of skip ahead to the ending as well as Maquito does pick up the victory. As she hit her diving DDT onto alley catch, as like right in front of um right in front of glass, and I'm glad that Machito got the win because I think I talked about it before where makito has been here but not getting wins lately. So it is nice seeing her get that win um, to prove that she is M.D.K. affiliated.
1: Fans enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the match. There's not much else to say about this one. This was uh this was a lot more fun than I expected. A lot more hard hitting than I expected. And um, I saw some things in Ali that I was happy to see. And I saw some things in Maki that I was happy to see. And wherever they're pushing Ma- Maki to, looks like it's going to be a really fun time. I've never seen someone go, oh, shit, Maki's here. Yeah, like She's just entertaining. She's so GCW. It's the cussing. It's the look. It's the whole thing. She has the attitude. It's, it's, it's totally GCW attitude. Love it.
0: I even loved the light tube spot, too, when she busts out the light tube. It was kind of like, oh, she's really getting into the GCW, yeah, Especially yeah. when you see, like, these... Like, even, like, when Cardona first grabbed the light tube, it was like, oh, he's really going to swing this thing. Like, does he know how to swing And, like, when Maki pulled it out, everyone's like, what is she going to do with that? And, like, when she hit alley yeah. catch with it, it was, like, so perfect. The crowd popped. And uh, I don't... I heard this on commentary, and I don't know if it was this night or the next night, because I have it in my next night's notes. But... I'm going to bring it bring it up now because I thought it was a possible foreshadowing of what might what could happen at one of these shows on the collective. Mm -hmm. But um, I believe it was Veda Scott kind of made a call saying um, the team of Maki Ito and Nick Gage as a collective. She made sure to say collective as Uh a collective. This is a
1: dream team. Um, Oh, yeah, that's absolutely foreshadowing.
0: But then I was like, it could it be a foreshadowing of Maki versus Gage at the collective, maybe a DDT or Joey Janela's spring break and stuff like that. Like I was like, oh my and then that maybe going in like going into this rumble wow. too. I was like, oh, like the foreshadowing in the way they said it, I was like, Maki versus Nick-ish. Nick Gage would be a fun matchup. like <laughs> like okay, now you went through her. Now let's see if you're really gang affiliated. Come
1: after I the don't king. Know. I I I don't know. It sounds like a good matchup, and then I look at it in my head, and I'm like, "How are they going to write that?" And well, then I'm thinking, you know, like, because if he beats the shit out of her, how is that going to look? That's going to look good um, for her, he though. He does need a. That's what I'm thinking. If they need to get her over, though, that's what that's they did with Ali. Just when Nick Cage when it gets out, he beat the shit out
0: of her, and that end up getting out of the catch way over as, as with the blood and everything. And then now she's doing all that work. I think that could be, I don't think it'd be as violent, near as violent with Maki, but mm-hmm. a same situation where she just takes an ass whooping and maybe takes one light tube or something. And then even though she takes uh, the loss, she's still MDK affiliated.
1: So you mentioned blood. That's the thing I think is going to be what needs to be hidden here. I don't think she needs to be cut in the face. Yeah. This is one of those things where she has a face where same thing. I don't know how long she'll be in GCW or appearing at GCW before she is picked up. And, and I mean, I'm really surprised AEW didn't keep with her because, wow. I mean, if not TV ready, who? I think that she um, got bad it was
0: bad because it was on the two times I think she showed up two or three times on AEW. I believe it was during the pandemic where there were no fans, so they couldn't really yeah. get a full gauge on her.
1: Oh absolutely not, because everything that she does plays to the crowd, including that entrance that she has where she's singing, yep, <laughs> so um, match six, this was the one where the wheels just went off the fucking wagon and shit went awry this was our this was our finally a death match kind of thing is what I feel like yes,
0: and I was all for it, like I didn't I expected. Kind of crazy. I did not expect this crazy. And I'm so glad it got that crazy. Cause I, I think when we were talking about like the preview show, I said, I, I, I think I said the same thing. I hope it gets crazy, but I don't think it'll get as crazy as I thought it would be. Boy, was I wrong.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Um, I love the Los Macisos. I love Los Macisos. You love Los Macisos. You picked them number one in the draft and I had them in my top three. So we are Los Mesisos appreciators over here. Yes. I loved I, I thought of Mashakira as just a team name. I can't think of a name for those two. I say like, that on accident. And
0: I wonder if I I've heard that them called that as a team. I always, I, but I always say Masha Akira instead of Masha and Akira. I always say Masha Akira too, like on accident. Just yeah, I've, you know my, what?
1: That's where it is. I've heard it out of your mouth a bunch of yeah, times. Now that you it say slips. it, I've heard it. <laughs>
0: like it always slips. Like I don't mean to say it, but I always just say Masha Akira. I'm like, I wonder if I've heard it from someone else. And that's why it's stuck in my head. But uh, Possibly. yeah, the team okay, so- Masha and Akira going against Los Mestizos for the GCW tag team titles uh
1: was a spectacle (laughs) fuck yeah i loved it i loved it straight from the beginning okay anybody who's listened to this show knows that i could not find the name of that fucking song that los macizos comes out to because i love it the song is called cantando from violadores okay hold on violadores del verso uh i know french i don't know much spanish and i'm married (laughs) to a cuban Um, Yeah, it's called Cantando. C-A-N-T-A-N-D-O. If you look that up, it's from this group from about 11 years ago. And you can look it up by Viola Dores Del Verso. So Viola, V-I-O-L-A, you'll find them. It's like a group of five guys, I think, but awesome. And the other thing I wanted to mention is I really miss Los Macisos and their cow gear. I like their cow gear. I thought it was just imaginative. Like it was kind of cool. when they'd come out and they're such death matchers, and they come out in these cutesy fucking outfits. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, when they came out with the Lakers here, I thought that maybe they should keep the Lakers colors for LA and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. they yeah. use them quite a bit. I see Miero use his quite a bit, like because it says Baba Yaga on the back of his yep. uh, on the back of his pants sometimes. Yeah, I'm yeah. all
0: for Los Basistas, obviously. Uh I This match was crazy It it, from the get go was nuts. And I'm kind of I wonder if this match had any effect on the next night as well, because Mm. uh, this this match got super over with the crowd. As you said, this was the death match. The crowd has been needing for over half the show. They got what they wanted. It it goes all over the goddamn place in this match. It is just chaos. It's chaos. Chaos. It was crazy. It was so like not like ultraviolet, but creatively violent and bloody. Where uh-huh. it was, it was awesome. I love this match, but I didn't think, um, I didn't think that Masha and Akira would show out as much as they did. I I knew they could, and we've seen Masha get violent but Jesus. And when they came out wearing all white, I right away I was like, "Oh, Love it. Yeah. Right, right, whenever I see the all white, like even going to the AEW when they had like the, the on Friday night the Rampage those four women went crazy. Once once I see white in a possible death match, I know shit's going to get crazy and violent. And my god, these four did not deliver. Like this was this was awesome. Like I, because it's been two weeks since I watched the show. Uh once I saw the tech this the match again on your notes, I was like, holy shit, I totally kind of forgot how good this match was. And I'm and I yeah. watched it off to the side as we're doing this stuff. So I can I'm watching it now again, but it's this was an incredibly fun match.
1: Uh, I was laughing because Masha was in overalls with the cowboy hat. (laughs) I'm guessing she maybe stole that from Starboy. I'm not sure. (laughs) I was enjoying the fact that someone had a sign that said horny for violence. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. So you were saying there's a lot of shit in this match. There was a lot of stuff going on in this match. So since this is a death match, I'm going to go through my nice little rundown minute by minute. I'm hoping to provide as much information as i can there was again so much going on here i tried to capture everything that i could so within the opening minute minute one we had the match opening with tubes being broken over the head of each of the los masisos and almost instantly the fight goes to the outside i appreciated that akira had a little tommy dreamer pose after he hit him with the light tube Minute two, we had a pane of glass being brought out, Ciclope was cutting Masha with a tube, and Los Macizos started building this big table structure on the outside of the ring. Minute three, Masha's forehead was being cut open by Mieto with a tube, and we saw more doors being brought out. Minute four, I was noticing I missed the cow outfits. It's funny I have that in my notes again down here. Mieto's head was being rammed into the corner post multiple times. The fighting goes to the back of the carousel room. So that makes it to minute five. Mieto was put into a shopping cart. And then eventually Masha has a ladder in a shopping cart. And Akira pushes Masha with the ladder and uh, hits these two guys. And the only person to fall over was Masha. She literally got (laughs) knocked backwards on the back of her fucking head onto the ground. And it was absolutely fucking hilarious by minute six. I noticed pretty much everybody had a a front row seat at that point at minute seven, we're going back to the ring finally. And I really downplayed how fucking awesome the, uh, the brawling was around the ring there. Uh, Akira had a bundle of light tubes kicked into his chest by Cyclope. We had a thing where we were getting Macisos, Macisos chance, we had wrestling minute eight minute nine. Masha hits Mieto with a big boot that sends Mieto outside the ring and through two doors on the floor. No shit. You have to see it through the ropes and then down onto two doors. Minute 10. Yes, we have a weed whacker. A weed whacker comes out and Akira hits Cyclope in the forehead with it. Fucking shreds him. I've never minute seen 12, it go the forehead either, by the way. <laughs> like You know, that was interesting because it's so close to the eyes. Uh-huh
0: like you that know that's crazy that scene to go up high I, I like usually it's down by the belly or the back i've never
1: seen it on right. the head like that right
0: yeah i was really i was really
1: surprised with that. uh <laughs> minute 12 masha suspends glass panes across two chairs it takes about a minute to build it and get it all straightened up minute 13 masha is slammed through the glass by masisos and hit basically it was kind of low and it hits her in the back of the head it's a really odd shot if you have a chance to watch it Minute 14, Miedo wipes blood from his head onto the pane of glass. He likes to do the, the cross on the pane of glass in blood. And Masha's thrown out of the ring through a door on the outside of the ring. So this match, honestly, was rarely in the ring. Our winner in this one was Los Macisos. They dropped Akira through a pane of glass. It was a match full of excitement. I felt it was really satisfying for a fan to watch. Their live, it must have been absolutely electric. But I felt this match was absolutely, it was an absolute complete death match. There was nothing that was missed in this one. We had doors, we had tables, we had panes of glass. We had the whole shebang.
0: Yeah, this had everything. This was an SGC match without SGC, which I'm kind of glad that someone else was able to do a match like that other than just strictly SGC because it seems to be only SGC that goes all over the, well, them and Joey, all over the building and stuff like that. Um, going back to Miedo with the <laughs> hitting his head on the post, he doesn't put his hand up. Like he goes head first into these poles every yeah. time. Like every time I'm seeing him about to go to a pole, he never puts his hand up. I'm like, dude, do something. Like he just takes it straight on. And, and that's that's his thing. Yeah, and this one was like right on the corner. Like he did like two shots, like right on the corner. It's like, oh my god! Like, every time he hits those posts, like and his selling of it too, and. I just, maybe I don't see club or just something else, but I am so They're glad. Special. Yeah. I'm so glad Akira and Masha absolutely stepped up and delivered a crazy, chaotic, and innovative match with those two because I know that like, Akira and Masha could couldn't do these things. We, we'd very, Akira, we saw a little bit. Then we haven't, like, I think I mentioned the other day, we haven't seen him uh, on the other podcast. I We haven't seen him in a while. So it is kind of yeah, nice to see yeah. him back. And especially teaming with Masha. And it is nice seeing Masha do these sort of matches every once in a while because I think she's very, very good with these that de- kind of not deathmatch, but in these kind of crazy, chaotic death match environment. Um, she does step up to play and excels at those kind of matches as well. So I I this was fun. I had a smile on my face this entire time. I had like the ooze and the ahs and the what are they doing? It's this was fun. This was a very fun match to watch.
1: And I always wondered about Akira's uh eye patch. I'm one of those people that I get involved in like, oh man, did he lose his eyesight? No, nope, he took it off in the beginning there. So it looks like he has a workable eye. I was I was just wondering, wondering that too. That. When he first like started
0: that kind of gimmick, I wondered like, why is he doing the eye patch and stuff like that? Because it was right around, like, the Alex Zane started kind of doing the eye patch and stuff, too. So I, Yep. And I, I didn't even know, because I haven't really watched care a lot lately on other promotions as much as I was, like, earlier this year. But I wanted to go back and kind of watch, like, where did this kind of start or what, why, the explanation of what the... With the eye patches up, I never fully did. But once he took it off at the beginning of this match, I'm like, oh, okay. It's just like an aesthetic kind of thing. It's not an actual injury. I never knew if it was an actual injury or if it was
1: just for looks either. No, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I don't know what the hell was going on with that one. Um, unexpected, I really didn't see a hardcore team of... Masha and Akira but it worked out really well and I think both of them did a damn good job
0: yeah that was that was a fantastic match and after that match I was once again just like the Jordan match I'm like okay now somebody top that match because that was incredible and the fans just ate it up as you said everyone felt like they had a front row seat because the action went everywhere and that's kind of the beauty of GCW just in general of wherever you are sitting at the show be aware because it's probably coming your way at some point throughout the night Uh, before we get to match seven, this was the part of the night that I was absolutely losing my shits with and getting angry. This is the intermission quote unquote, as we just get a, on fight TV, a sign that says returning soon with zero timer on it. And I'm like, okay. I thought after like maybe five, six minutes, like I still saw nothing on my screen. I thought maybe my shit froze and I lost connection, so I go on Discord or not Discord on Twitter and I see a bunch of people uh, talking about like what's going on and why is this, is this happening to everyone else? And then it comes out. This is when the Joey Janela
1: versus Vikingo match is going on. Oh, I, yep. Is that what that was? OK, see, I didn't know that. I didn't know when it happened. I didn't know if it was the end of the night. Nope. because our main event tonight was so different that I yeah. thought maybe that was the real main event kind of thing. Nope. This was the time. So I, as a fan
0: watching it live, I was losing my mind. Like in anger. Like I, it does not need to happen at this point in the middle of the night with the intermission going on because it's mid show. And if you in, it went like it was a 20, 25 minute intermission. If I, if I were not mistaken, it was long. And that's when I was like, what is going on here? And the showboat as at this time they were enjoying the vikingo versus joy match which i'm all for i get it you can't show vikingo on tv at the moment brett did say they are filming these matches to be able and to- it's not
1: their fault yeah and it's not their fault 100 percent, 110 percent, not their fault this was a situation with his previous contract that going on and in- it's not just GCW. It's anyone here in America yep. right now, I believe. So, yeah, this isn't special to us. And this isn't something that, you know, this is something truly out of our control. I think it's best to tell the fans, you know, all fans that that, yeah, this is something out of Brett's control. He would love to show that to us, I'm sure. But
0: he did make a comment like not that night, but uh, a couple of days later, actually, just recently I saw um, there are recording these matches to show the fans at some point. So hopefully those matches will be added to these shows at another time, whenever it's agreed upon or whatever. I, why during mid show, like, I don't understand. I, I get, if it was an intermission, put up 15 minutes, then you give Joey and them 15 minutes. And then now I know, Hey, I got 15 minutes. I could go walk the dog and come back when there was no time on there. And it went for like 10 minutes of no time. I didn't know what to do or what was going on or like anything. Do I have time to go walk the dog real fast and come back? Can I go make myself dinner? Like what, how much time do I have to space out here where I, you have to, in my mind, you have to do what they did in LA. The show, that match goes on after the card's over. So that way, the fans on Fight TV, boom, they're done with the show. The fans that are still there, they still get to see Vikingo, and it's not limited to any time. Like if that's what they're worried about, like why did they put a time on this? Because like that Blake Christian Vikingo match was nine minutes. You added the entrances, maybe it ends up being like a fifteen-minute total segment. Where if they put up three returns in fifteen minutes, as fans at home, I can now go do what I need to do and get back before the show starts. The fans in attendance, they get the match, but. They don't know it's limited to fifteen minutes or whatever either because they're in the show, so it doesn't matter. Or just save it to after the end of the night because I was stuck for twenty twenty five minutes. I didn't know what to do, and then I found out. Okay, the so I have an idea. On. Yeah,
1: good. No, that's okay. I'm I'm sorry you went no. through that too because I, I I know that kind of sucks, especially because it's getting late at night. Exactly, east and coast I- East Coast especially. You almost feel like when it's an intermission on the East Coast and it's nine, ten, eleven, twelve, you almost feel like you're stranded. You're like, okay. Yeah. You know, it's almost like you've been cut off. And then when the feed comes back on, you're like, "Okay, I'm breathing again. You know, Um, I get that 100 percent. I think this goes back to the point where uh, they should be taking advantage of their library and maybe pulling out. Look, we we know that they give these guys a certain amount of time. Let's just say they go, guys, you got 13 minutes. Cool. Why don't you give us a 15 minute match? give us a 15 minute match. Cause there's still going to be entrances and there's going to be the match. Then there's going to be the exit. And before the exit, I'm sure someone has to put someone over before they leave the ring. That's the indie way. So once they get that done, then I mean, I'm sure we may have after our 15 minute match at home on television, maybe a five minute timer, maybe a three minute timer. Um, but yes, this is where showing a match would be beneficial. And, um, Maybe to further a storyline somewhere, or maybe because we have these video packages now, maybe just one that shows the most recent video package to catch us up with what's going on with all these shows right now. Even like give a preview of like the Rumble match from last year.
0: Like, hey, here's what to expect tomorrow night. Here's kind of what the Rumble and the highlights of what happened during that Rumble last year, because yeah i agree that's where i was going with it i'm like if you're going to do that you have to at least put on a match or something like that lets us know when to come back or something because that was i i just at home like i didn't it was just very frustrated I'm like why am i sitting here for 30 minutes 20, it was like i think it was like 20 closer to 20 minutes but like i get when they have the intermissions or whatever like you got to have sometimes intermissions here and there but it's posted up there and i know i got this amount of time to go do what I need to do and come back where, when there's no time up there and it's been 10, 15 minutes, like, as you said, I'm stuck. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, there's only so much time I could go on my phone and, and on Twitter and stuff like that. Where like, it becomes like, why am I sitting here waiting? Like, maybe I'll just turn this off and come back and watch it after new years or like, or whatever, you know, like, and I get that might be harder for them to kind of figure out to put this match after New Year's because they probably they always still have one match that they always televise as the first match of 2023. But with the Viking Go Joey match, they couldn't show that match as part of it. So, I mean, I guess you do have to figure out a spot and do an intermission before then In, instead of having a maybe a double intermission because that's what I was afraid of was we'd have an intermission now and then a freaking intermission later. And that would have been like even more frustrating. But luckily... They kind of skirted it where we didn't get an intermission per se. They did clean up the ring and stuff, but that was, they did that as the New Year's shit was ha- still happening. So right. I, I was just I, know, I, was, I was frustrated. Give, yeah. me,
1: give me a match. Give me something stupid. You know, whatever. Uh, that's the way I look at it. I think it would have been cool to just have something different, um, yeah. especially when you have possibly a lot of fans that are watching that are new. It'd be really cool to put a classic match out there and say, hey, you guys like GCW? Check out this shit from three years ago.
0: Even like, especially on New Year's, you know, a lot of these people like if they are not going out on New Year's, they're staying at home and probably having a couple friends over and watching it from at home with their friends who might have never seen GCW and like, oh, like, how can I get into it? As you said, show them something to get the fans into it
1: at home to give them some sort of investment and stuff like that but i well little I things like we haven't seen stack house in a while you could put a stack house you know match you know what let's make it exciting how about on the intermissions we could show a scramble that gives you i don't know that's what they used to 12 minutes for a scramble and then the remaining time could be used for pee break and all that good shit but that's i know i know it takes a lot of work though to do all this stuff so i'm not gonna lie i get it but um In a perfect world, you know, with someone else's toys, I think that's how I would play was I'd probably put that on so I don't lose anybody at home. Yeah. And they don't lose any of their product. Yeah. I was
0: very, very frustrated at that time just because, like I said, I was just stranded, not knowing what to do, (laughs) like, other than just sit there for 20 minutes and wait for it to come back while I get, like, I was there for LA. Like, I got to see if I can go to, but I didn't, other people weren't. Sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for them watching the next match on GCW show. The card ended, so the Vite TV people, they're done. They go do what they need to do the rest of the night. Where I was still live in attendance, the show went on for us, and boom, after that match, it was done. Where it just it felt like us here just kind of sat around and did nothing. I, 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 as you said, I would have preferred a uh, video package, a past match. Because I, I remember, yeah, they used to show scramble matches in the past, and I would so, like, be watching it and be like, oh, okay, they're these competitors, then the next match comes, those competitors are back on my screen, and now I get a little bit more history and depth of what they are known for and stuff like that. And what sucks about this Vikingo match too, I didn't read much up on it at all, so I don't even know how good it was. Like, I'm pretty sure it had to be good against Joey,
1: but I didn't hear much talk as I did the first time, so... Yeah, I haven't seen a video. I'm yeah. going to try to see if I could watch a video and give a little recap without, you know... I, I couldn't find anything out there that was full at least so i we'll have to wait for uh,
0: uh the footage to come out on fight tv plus
1: that's all i'm saying it's like pwg i'm hoping we don't have to wait six months oh anything like yeah. that that would kind of stink they need to uh,
0: get like a streaming program by the way that's neither here it just blew
1: either. my mind and i'm coming back to it but it blew my freaking mind when i looked at bola and i went this is a gcw show
0: I wanted to go to Bolo like, so I'm not going to lie. Because of like just Leo Rush Speedball, that was enough for me. And I've always, yeah. I've actually always wanted to go to a PWG show just because I hear, how, like i seen it. and It looks crazy,
1: but like that Dude, was the one I should have to. They used to be to. so much fun. When the Bucks used to be there yeah. all the time, Kevin Steen used to be there all the time. It was so good. El Generico would roll through. Like they had such amazing talent roll through there. There was a sweet spot. I can't give you the years, but it was quite a while ago. Where every bit of wrestling coming out of PWG was just fantastic. And they have a good venue that they always use. but, But they used to pack the people in and then they'd have real cheap prices on a pitcher of beer. So you'd see a lot of fans with a fucking pitcher of beer in their hand. So they'd just sit there all crowded in and just be slugging fucking beer. And it'd get hot in there, dude. It'd get real hot in there. And uh yeah, by main event, everybody's just stinking and <laughs> happy, happy as fucking hype. They're blowing off all their fucking energy for the night. You know, it, it's really enjoyable. stinky, but enjoyable. <laughs> wear cologne. Wear, wear underarm deodorant, guys. Wear cologne. Yeah, like Comic-Cons. Hygiene, hygiene, yeah. hygiene. Do that, man. Do that for sure. Please do us all a favor. Make us all look good. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Oh, my God. This eight-man tag team coming up. Whew. Yes,
0: so our seventh Yeesh. matchup after the quote-unquote intermission is a eight-person tag match, as team one consists of Cole Radrick, Dark Sheik, and the second gear crew. This time, it is a team of One Called Manders and Mance Warner going against the team of Axton Ray, Rob Schitt, Sam Stackhouse, and Shane Mercer. This Teams felt like a old school WWE Survivor Series teams, how they just put shit together and hopefully right. it works out. And luckily with all eight of these, it worked out like it wasn't as chaotic as uh, the previous match that we saw with uh, Masisos and Mashakira. But these all eight <laughs> of these competitors were all over the place. They did all their moves. It was all over like it was crazy it was another chaotic match but not as crazy as what we saw before but it felt nice seeing all these competitors kind of get at least a time to shine one last time before uh 2023 because i'm pretty sure they were all there for the rumble the next night but it was nice to see them being used in this sort of way, and they all like did very creative spots, and it was it was fun. I, I enjoyed every
1: spot during this match. It was just nonstop go go go. I liked it. So congratulations to Rob Shit because that was his East Coast debut. The dude, I've okay, I had a chance to meet him and talk to him. He's really freaking nice. He has an awesome rock star vibe. He has a band. He has music with him. So if you have a chance. Ask him about his band, ask him about his music. It's something he's very proud of, and he's got a fantastic vibe to him. Really nice, really easygoing, really chill. Uh, he's someone that if you have a chance, go over there and meet, and you'll be an instant fan within moments. His personality just it shines through, and it, and it sells itself really well. This was a very, very, very busy match. I don't have another way to really put it. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to basically call some spots that were in this match and kind of leave it at that because that's just the best way to put it again i would probably have to watch this three four times just to get everything that was going on it was just elbows flying everywhere so my first spot that i wanted to mention was Sheik. she had a uh, fantastic ddt mercer threw rob shit his own partner through a door uh there's another spot with mercer always always performing a great assault uh moonsault and battery Then uh, my spot of the night, I'm not going to lie, Stackhouse, he throws shit out of the ring onto everyone. Then Stackhouse hits the ropes, then hits a twisting tope through the middle and the top, like between the middle and top ropes onto everyone. And that was way more than expected of Stackhouse. And I was really surprised that he did it big guys out there man i was i was so proud of him for doing something like that so for me though that was that was my move of the night i i have to say that was (laughs)
0: he he does some surprising stuff when i first saw him in vegas going against cardona and he did like that second rope uh moonsault and like pretty much went over all the way and when he did the suicide dive to the outside everybody's like Holy shit. And then like the crowd popped for him so loud seeing all him mm-hmm. seeing him do all that stuff. So it is nice to see him back in GCW uh and doing all that shit. It is nice seeing Rob shit doing stuff on the East Coast because we always seen him in LA and on the West Coast. Um, but I really like how too, Shane Mercer and Axon Ray did a lot of their tag team kind of moves to kind of further solidify of possibly them being a tag team. Cause they did some of their moves that they did before the night, uh, that one night they tagged, but they also did uh, a couple moves that I've never seen them do before. And yeah, dark Sheik killed it. Like she did a crazy, uh, tornado, like DDT with Axon Ray with Axon Ray just kind of flipping her like at least two rotations before taking a DDT to the share. Axon Ray's so good in smooth two. He belongs like what we always say, talk about the Leon Slater, Nick Wayne, like he just improves every time I'm liking what he's doing in the ring. Um, Mance and uh, Manders did their typical doors and tables and everything else. Cole, Cole and Axon kind of had a cool spot too, where I'm like, that's a matchup I need to see there. That looks like a fun one. um Um, all eight competitors this was awesome like they all did very good job it was all over the place like as you said chaotic there was i loved it like it was fun watching everybody get their shit off and do it good too like it was pretty smooth as well
1: you uh you made a good point about survivor series i was gonna say that each and every one of these people in this match are at least middle to upper players in gcw or across you know you go with someone like Axton Ray. Look where he's at Stackhouse. He was a champion over in uh, Houston at Yep Loco, Loco. Yep, and Shane that happened Mercer's on GTW. No now, I was
0: going to bring it up, right. but I couldn't remember the spot. I was like, yeah, like like it was fun seeing Sam Stackhouse after the Cardona match, kind of get winning the title from um it was a Dante Leon, I
1: think. But yeah, you're right. I love. Yeah, I couldn't remember.
2: Yeah.
0: And
1: then you have like Mance Warner in this. Radrick's in this. I mean, there's big names in this. It's just like a typical WWE survivor series. They're not giving you the slouches. They're giving you guys that really can work. And they did that. This was just so chaotic. There was so much going on. I was a hundred percent entertained with this one. And, And um, the only other thing I was going to mention was Rob shit reminds me of Joey Janela five years ago. He's got that wild streak in him and it shows go back and watch the match. You can see that's Joey just looser Five years ago, like he used to be.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to process Rob Shit just in general. It's he's something else, man. Exactly. I, I can't put my finger on it. Like his, when his match against Hunter Freeman was very good. This match, it seemed like he was more happy-go-lucky just to be uh, with GCW on the East Coast, and that's mm-hmm. fine. That's perfectly fine. But like with seeing how he was acting during this match and his character. It just seemed like it was kind of forced too much. I want to see more of the dirty punk rock version of uh, Rob's shit. I don't want to see the happy-go-lucky. Uh, I'm, you want heel shit. I want to see. Uh, you want bad side. shit. I want to see it. I want to see the shit side <laughs> of Rob's shit. Yeah, pretty much. Not literally. Yeah, you, want like, the, you want the dark shit. When he sticks the sand down the his pants spot, like, I was like, come on. like that, That's
1: fucking hilarious. Right.
0: I just imagine how bad that must really stick or anything. Or, well, you know. <laughs> But I don't
1: know. I'm sure he washes it.
0: He was the only one I just kind of was like, (laughs) I don't know, like, during this match. And he did what his spots, like, he got a couple fun spots in there. And I think he does a very good job with, like, Hunter Freeman and those kind of death matches and stuff. More than the eight-man tag. But with the craziness that this match had, he did fit right into it and did, overall, he did a very good job. But, like, when he first came out, I saw him, I'm like, how is he fitting in with this one? This is going to be interesting. Um... Yeah, this was fun. This was a fun match. Like I'm all for seeing the, the team of uh Axe and Ray, Shane Mercer, uh Cole Radrick, and Dark Sheik kind of joining second gear crew it was kind of fun watching. Um
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, this was this was a fun match. And I'm glad this match came after the intermission more than uh the other two matches be- because I think just following up of what we just saw 30 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, whatever this was kind of a good way to get the fans back home, back into the craziness and madness of GCW. Yeah. All
1: right. Yeah. I'll just go straight to the winner here. Our winner was the team of Radrick, Sheik and SGC consisting of Manders and Mance Warner. Basically Stackhouse was was slammed through a door from the top rope. And then Sheik hit the big lake drop for the win. Quick one, two, three. I'll say it one last time. Chaotic, chaotic match. Um, I remember what I was going to say here just a little earlier now, not to say anything about the opening match, but this had an opening match style quality and feel to it. I could have easily seen this match open a show somewhere, anywhere. It just had that scrambly high energy feel.
0: Yeah, for sure. uh, As you said, to get the crowd off on a hot note, this would definitely be, that's why I said, I think that's why it was a good comeback match from the intermission, especially for the Folks at home that didn't have that had the intermission where this got me back into the craziness and chaos of GCW. And I was looking forward to what the rest of the night would hold with uh, the next three matches. I think it was three or four matches after that. And that will lead us into our eighth matchup of the evening, which I was actually kind of surprised. I thought this might have been the main event, but it was fun and I'm glad it got the time that it did. As speedball Mike Bailey goes one on one with two cold Scorpio and Scorpio definitely still has it. I we were once again kind of talking about what kind of pace in this match is going to go if it's going to be speedball or Scorpio. I think for the most part it kind of leaned towards speedballs kind of pacing. And I think what's his name? Did it, uh what's his name? Uh two cold Scorpio. I couldn't think of it for a second. Two Cold Scorpio did a very good job of meeting Mike Bailey on his pacing and showing that that cold Scorpio still still has it and uh Uh, This was fine. This was actually ended up being a little bit better than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little bit more slower pace. And I don't think Speedball does too good in those slower pace matches. But this was fun. This was a very fun match.
1: I still love hearing both of their entrances. I love the Beastie Boys. I'm a big fan of funk. So I love listening to uh, to Cold Scorpio's music. I was laughing too. Cold Scorpio was in the ring hitting a vape pen. Speedball kind of fakes like he was going to break it. It was a cute little spot. I don't think Speedball really likes drugs, even though he has the word Speedball in his name.
0: I like how what's her name, uh, Veda Scott, was made a comment to it, like Speedball doesn't partake in that. And then, oh, nah. okay, and he's not going to like that kind of thing. They like, called it out on on the on the commentary. I like how she said that because it kind of added to the whole Speedball uh, teasing everybody with the vape pen.
1: And I grew up on Mortal Kombat, being a badass bloody you know that's the game you play if you wanted to play the best bloodiest you know and it was really cool to see speedball coming out in sub-zero gear i really thought that was a nice touch and i wanted to uh just say it out loud that that was that was really cool uh cool choice of gear both started with real wrestling i was really surprised with that it included wrist locks joint manipulation it was more technical Okay, I'm not going to lie here, so I'm going to describe this. I have watched ECW from my early teens all the way through now. This was an ECW match. This was an old-school ECW match. It had everything that an ECW match would have. It had the holds I was talking about just recently. Every one of the strikes had impacts. Strong style, right? Yep. Yeah, they didn't. they didn't hammer, 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 hit like Speedball's known for. Sometimes it was just chop. And then breathed for five, six seconds because that chop had impact. And then he chops back. Everything had impact. It was a little slower. They played up the punches a lot better. And this thing brawled around the ring. It went absolutely everywhere. They were in the food court area. Ah. It was just, it was an old 90s match. This was brutal on Scorpio's body. Oh my God, yeah. respect that. I mean, just totally. That's how I felt at the end. I was like, wow, like
0: he's got to be in so much pain with this match because Speedball doesn't hold back on his kicks and strikes. And as you said, there were, it wasn't a lot of them, but they were definitely high impact strikes. And I was worried about Scorpio kind of like, uh, like get it angry with it and kind of stiff him back and stuff like that. Cause we know it's too cold. It's not one to play around with when it comes around. So it comes to He's shit like school.
1: that. Yep. Yeah. And it just, the way these two were striking on each other and the way the impacts were, this had a grudge like match. Like it had a grudge like feel to it. And I love that. I love when you have this blurred line of, do these guys really like each other or not? They're willing to, lay into each other which takes a certain amount of trust i really did like that and um we got this as awesome chance and there was even a spot there's like a one minute stretch where it was nothing but just top rope offense. there were some really really cool things that were going down in this match the other thing i wanted to mention veda said a word i never heard before she said circuitous i believe that means around the circuit like you know She had mentioned that um, they had almost done a full rotation of the place. And they said they almost, I think she said a full circuitous circle or something like that. And I just, I don't come across a lot of words that are new. Circuitous was a word.
0: I actually did hear that before, but I always thought, like, whenever I hear it, I always thought maybe it was like a curious kind of route like i i know it's circuitous right. but right whenever i think of that i always thought like because it seems like every time i've heard it it sounded like it's kind of like in baseball where the outfielder took a right. circuitous route to catch that ball it seemed like it was like a yeah not the like ideal route but like a weird different route to get to that point yeah yeah i always thought of circuit like a race it yeah. took a circle like a circuit though uh, see yeah well I never kit, seen it, it spelled out until you just typed it in that notes <laughs> that's why I was like yeah. oh it's a circuit okay <laughs> I thought, yeah like, it I was, just heard it was always circuitous so I was like, I didn't really hear circuit I heard circuitous so yeah, that's man. why we went to school teacher. on that one yep
1: <laughs> that's I'm a teacher, <laughs> I'm
0: teacher. But I thought the same way though as so, you know, I thought that like the way they were striking each other just seemed like two calls cool. like dude you ain't gonna you ain't gonna hit me like that I'm gonna give you a receipt like I felt that during this match, too, where, like, it was kind of getting on two colds, nerves. Like, if that's what you want to do, just strike. Because there was a lot of strikes during this match. That's, like, 90% oh. of this match was strikes. Or, oh, yeah. And I, I'm i kind of glad, too. Like, we got to see Speedball go outside the ring and go all out. Like, that's something we don't really see much him do much of. And I'm kind of glad we were able to see him do that in this kind of match. So I think they kind of needed it just to the pacing of this match to kind of not go... Boom, 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 boom! Like a normal speedball match, it needs to kind of give stuff to breathe for, like, un, like two goals could still go, but obviously, I don't think he could go for that long w- at speedball's kind of pace. But right, right. I felt the same way you did. Like it felt like there was some bad blood for some reason during this match, and I couldn't I understand love it. why. Yeah, I, I, the whole time watching it, I'm like, why does Scorpio like keep giving Bailey that look, and like speedballs just like keeping on kicking the shit out of him, like. I, I thought something there was some heat at some way, but I just didn't know what. But I enjoyed it because then it gets me like, is shit going to break down? And it's like,
1: that's where it gets
0: fun for me wrestling is when it blurs the line.
1: This match gave, had me give more respect to two cold Scorpio than I already had. It was so hard hitting. There's no way in hell that he's waking up the next day and not sore. I mean, really sore. Um, in my mind the whole time, I just had flashes of ECW. It was totally ECW, man. I just And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It's just hard-hitting, old-school, old everything about it was what I used to watch. So given Scorpio's age especially, he deserves high, high praise for what he was doing out there. At the end of this match, too, we had both these guys' chants that were going on. So I, I noticed also, we didn't even name the winner, did we? Oh, no, we did not. <clears throat> the winner of this one was Mike Bailey with The Ultimate Weapon. It, it really was a fantastic match. Yeah, so at the end of this, the, the uh, fans were chanting both these guys. And I noticed here, if you've ever had back pain, Too Cold Scorpio looked like he had legitimate back pain going on. Like, he had all the things that someone who's had back pain has. I've seen it a hundred times. I'm hoping he's doing okay after the match, because he was really nursing it or playing it up very well. I was wondering on that Ultima weapon when he
0: got hit with it, like because it's always right there on like, the lower back. Like I always wonder, like... Especially I said ultimate, didn't I? Yeah, that's fine. I it's fine. Ultima Ultima. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's I Ultima. just realized... Uh, <laughs> that's ultimate dragon.
1: <laughs> that's my um, shit right there.
0: <laughs> no, um, I, I, I wondered if he got hit like in the liver or the kidney on those knees, cause like, cause speedball just awesome. landed right on it. But throughout this whole match, it's just speedball just kicking and chopping and punching the shit out. It's too cold, and I just never know. It's too cold. Like, if he's gonna lose his shit and give it back, or take it and take it and stride, and he did awesome. Like this was a good match, as you said. I I earned more respect to him wrestling this kind of style match with the hard strikes, and it would than I would have if he would have went like like uh, more high flying, high, high speed kind of match the speedball normally does. Like I think Too Cold could have done that, and it wouldn't kind of blown my mind. But as much as he kept on taking those strikes and stuff, I was kind of shocked of how well he was taking it and. Like I said, they're, like, speedball, there ain't no holding back when he does his kicks and chops and everything. He just goes at it, and Scorpio took it like a champ, and I'm kind of glad, like, they, they, the match played out how it did because I questioned if they were going to just start shooting on each other, but luckily they stayed professional. <laughs> like, it, that's how it was to me. I was like, they're going to just start going nuts here because the way that Two colds is, like, selling when he looks at the wrestlers, like, I can never tell if he, like, really has disdain for them and he's really mad or he's just got that look on him and being a good seller and he's just a good seller. That's why he's so good at this age still. Cause he could still perform with the top level guys like speedball.
1: Yeah. This was a normal match with no outside stipulations, no outside. There wasn't a belt on the line, but it felt like there was. Yeah. That's what I mean. These two fought like the match was more important than just an average, uh, you know, match in the middle of the show somewhere. These guys really put it out there, and you're right. These guys could have, have been invented. I thought
2: this it was could going have very to. well been. Wow,
1: much respect to Two Cold Man. Yeah,
0: that was that was fun, fun, fun match. Going into the ninth matchup of the evening was another fun match that I was very much looking forward to. Is Willie Mack going one on one against Star Boy Charlie? And Starboy still going with the. The overalls and the—I forgot the music. Uh, <laughs> the the music—he's still going with this character, so I don't know where that. I like a little. It's a little more interesting. You—you you remember the old like WWE days when, like, like let's say the Saturday whatever show it was Saturday Superstars when the match would start, uh-huh. but then you would have. Like a third screen, vertical on the left, where it's like Mister yes. Perfect explaining. Somebody talking. They cut in a promo as the match is going on. A backstage pre-taped promo. Like I want yeah. something like that for Starboy to explain the character. Like I, I don't understand it. Like we asked for something different. I'm not understanding. Like other than it's like the grassroots. I'm a blue-collar, hard-working kid who's gonna who dre- like doesn't care about his attire. I come in. With overalls, ready to put in the work kind of stuff. I I, I don't know. In the Grateful Dead shoes, I kind of like that. But yeah, I don't know the character. I
1: I would like to a little bit more backstory on the character because he is so damn good in the ring. Yeah, you hit on something there I never thought about. But you're right. Like, uh, who is he? Like, who is Star Boy? We he's, asked. He's changes. outgrown. He's he's outgrown. I mean, kind of by age, he's outgrown the sympathetic kid look. So, uh yeah, I'd like to know more about who he is and what he is, because I'm kind of, I don't have enough to grasp who he is. I see he's out there. I see the name. I see the person. I don't know why, who, or or what is is going on there. It's kind of funny you said that. I didn't expect to talk about that, but now that you mentioned it, I see it.
0: Well, because, like, when Blake went to Graveheart, we understood why, like, he needs to go someplace deep and dangerous on his end where he's never gone before to beat someone that likes a mock so that ex- like i right, understood right. the whole thing there and i was all for it i just don't understand why it stopped after right before the match where we've always said we need starboy needs a change either star man charlie star man chuck whatever i <laughs> think we said
1: we just needed something right. where we got Starman but it doesn't make star any man. sense yeah like Just, it just give me star man. To me. So that's that's something that needs to be worked on. And we talked about this a long time ago. What happens when the boy is no longer a boy? There goes the sympathy. He's going to have to learn to be somebody else, and hopefully, he finds that person. Yeah. Um, he got it. Yeah. I think he got it beat out of
0: him in this match with Willie Mac. Willie Mac definitely yeah. uh, definitely had
1: yeah, out of was, control. <laughs> this match yeah, and beat Mac, shit out of him. Mac put an ass whooping down on dude. Here. Um, <laughs> I honestly think that Mac's better received on the West Coast. Yep. I noticed that with the East Coast crowd, it may be because it's near night, midnight and they're tired. But I love Mac. I saw him out there. It is not the same response as what you hear at the UCC or see on on the feed from the yep. UCC. Starboy was chopped by Willie so hard. He put his fucking bibs back on. Now that that got me. That was like that yeah. was the boy and Star Boy. He fucking took those bibs off, and he's like, "Come on!" And then he oh got hit God. one time. He's like, he
0: fell to his knees. <laughs> I think you no, know no, he stood up. I don't know. I think he fell to his knees. No, before I think he did. He put it, put him back on. He's holding his chest, and he goes to his knees. He's like Bow my down to Willie really Mac. He's like, "Okay, you win. No more. We don't need a chop battle.
1: You win." I love that part too. And yeah, Starboy, he rarely had the upper hand in this match at all. And if he did, it was just for small spurts because Willie put his ass back down in the dirt just as quick as he got up. Um, I love Willie Max Pounce. I've always been a big fan of Pounce ever since the old TNA days. I fucking loved it. I've always loved it. I always will. It's in my top three finishers. I just always love just fucking trucking someone as hard as you can. If they can go through the ropes or under the ropes and out of the wow. ring, that would just make it more impactful. I'm a huge that damn near Brown happened. Fan. Yo, Thank yeah. you. Amen. So yeah. I'm right there with like the whole time you said that
0: I'm out here because we're on audio. I am marking out here when you said you love the pounce. You love the at and a, I was like, you got to say Monty yep. Brown. You got to say I loved Monty Brown. Like he was the reason him and uh at that time, uh, Ron Killings were the main reasons I started mm-hmm. watching TNA back then was those two specifically. Yeah. And Monty Brown, I loved it. When that pounce happened, like, and I'm sitting here watching this with my wife and it was funny. The The pounce happened and I went, pounce. And then like, paused. Yep. my wife looked at me I'm like, and then I whispered. Period. Like, she doesn't get what I'm period. saying. But like I was
2: like, <laughs> that's
0: like the one time I could get it out of my system because I love, every time I see a pounce, I the same way yep. I go in my head. And I, I don't, it was Jordan Castle on this call? I can't remember who was announced during this match, but I want to say it was Jordan because I think yeah, it was Jordan Castle that question. that yelled out, pounce! Period. And I was like, yeah, it's good. He did it. Just right along Fuck with me because yeah. I loved, I'm the same way. I loved Monty Brown. I loved Alpha, Alpha Mel. I was a giant, like, Giant fan of his. And whenever I see the pounce, I have to scream pounce, period, no matter who's doing it. Yeah.
1: It is so funny how that stuck with him. Yeah. Strictly him, how that stuck so well. Yep. Yeah. I'm also surprised how so many people haven't used it. That's one of those finishers, quote unquote, that I'm surprised isn't seen more in regular moves, like how Sweet Chin Music got turned into such a regular move. I'm really surprised pounce isn't used more often because it's such a cool looking move. Yeah, it especially. hurts like hell, though. I guarantee you that. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's literally yeah, a, yeah. just a football. The little guy?
0: Yeah. It's better when you got the bigger guy, like Willie Mack against Starboy, because the farther, as you said, they could fly into the ropes, underneath the ropes, through the ropes. I think I even saw one time, like, and he did that during a Rumble. Like, I want to say, uh, Monty Brown did that during, like, a Rumble kind of style match. And Flew the person over the ropes and kind of stuff. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. No, yeah, they required a little bit of selling and stuff, but I believe it was like when Correct. they had the six, six, uh, whatever, I forgot, whatever the shape name. Once again, that's why I'm a PE teacher, not a math teacher. They did the six, they had the six, <laughs> the six uh, ropes or whatever. And I think that's what, since it was kind of closer, made it look a little bit better with that pounce going over the top rope, but. Yeah, nothing beats a good old pounce for me. Like, I pop, like, I scream, like, I'm not even joking. I scream, pounce. And then, like, my wife's just looking at me because, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Because, like, I was quiet. The and then all of a sudden he about? did it. And I'm just like, pounce. And I'm like, period. And then I had to explain why. <laughs> yeah. and, like, And then, as I've explained, I think it was like right before I could explain why Jordan Castle just said the same thing. I, I believe that was him on commentary that did it. But somebody on commentary said the same thing. And then, the, and then I looked at her. I'm like, okay, so here's why they said it. And that, here's why I said it, and explained the whole story. But. I yeah. miss that. Yeah, I miss I was a big Monty
1: Brown fan as well. Dude, our winner. I knew this was happening. Willie Mack with a fantastic frog splash. Again, was- um, the East Coast really don't give him enough credit at well, AC didn't give him enough credit, possibly, but Willie Mack is a big thing out here on the West Coast, and he's a badass. And I think maybe you just need to see him more. But when it came to this match, I think this was Willie Mac's. It was just a nice. I don't know. It was welcome to the East Coast, Willie. Let's have some fun. See, I thought I they were going
0: to go opposite here. I thought they were going to give Willie Mac the loss and get the Starboy uh, another big victory over a bigger opponent just mm-hmm. because you said it is the East Coast and it wouldn't hurt Willie Mac as much as it would have if it happened in the West Coast, where I think Starboy <laughs> Charlie's – yes, he is West Coast as well for the most part, but – They've at least seen him in the AC more often than they've seen Willie Mac, especially uh, with Starboy with GCW. So I actually thought Starboy was going to get like a surprise victory here and and just kind of go with it that way. So when I, I didn't care either way, I could see Willie Mac winning too. So, but I, I if I had to put money on it, I thought I would have put money on Starboy. So Willie Mac kind of winning was kind of surprising. Kind of weird, like weird how kind of like as you said. Starboy didn't get too much offense with so it was kind of it wasn't like a burial Starboy did get his time to shine and stuff but mm-hmm. for the most part it was like yeah just Starboy's getting the shit kicked out of him the entire <laughs> time so uh it was a good match it was good i i enjoyed it and it it kind of delivered on what i thought it would be and once again it got 15 minutes i'm glad like those two got that time because they could a fun story. And I think the crowd, as you said, wasn't as into it just because it was getting so damn close to New Year's. Just
1: getting late. Yeah. and yeah, they're getting tired as shit.
0: That's the one, <laughs> one note I took during this match was the crowd was kind of dead during this match, but New Year's was yeah. coming up, so it's understandable.
1: Yeah, I hate saying that because I really feel for the uh, for the performers that come out there and they want people to cheer for them. They want people to be happy. And sometimes people are just sitting in seats. I'm like, come on, at least stand. These guys work their asses off and you know, that, just give them that. That's the one just problem. Give them, give them a just stand once. You know, when they even go at the end of New every Year's. match. I try to stand. I think that's the problem when she gets these
0: New Year's shows, and you go till midnight. It's, it's right, now this show was what four and a half hours long. So yeah, we did. You know what? To
1: Vegas, Vegas. We were tired mm. as hell after Black Label Pro. Oh yeah, Pro. That I left for the main event. Like <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah, I left before. Yeah, we, we stayed there.
0: I saw, I think, the one match that I wanted to see from Black Label was the match right before Shaza. And I think it was Kevin Blackwood was the main event that night for Black Label Probe. I left, like, right after, I think it was Speedball versus, was it Speedball versus Cole Radrick, I think? We saw Speedball, like, three, four times oh, that yeah. weekend. It was great. I got it to see great. Speedball, Vandegrift. Yeah, that was, ah,
1: like. Oh, but, yeah. You, you know it, what? I, I need so to go tired. watch that. I need to go watch that back. Speedball, Vandegrift. Yeah, was I didn't on one appreciate of those that. I didn't appreciate that enough. I think when I watched it live, I'm gonna have to go back because I've learned more about Vandergrift since then. So it's like, oh yeah, maybe I'd go back and watch some of that. He's uh, speaking of which, since we're having fun with it, Vandergrift's another one where I'd kind of like to see him come back and maybe do a show or two in GCW because he's being looked at. Yeah. and it would be listen, it would be nice to see him before he's gone. And he just turned 24. Fantastic talent. Twenty-four. Yep, he could be on there. the twenty-five and under show
0: yep. that I announced. Well, I'll I'll give you a before we head on this next match as well too. I I had an idea for the collective show as one of the shows, okay. kind of run it like a Cyber Sunday kind of show where you announce either like the two competitors and then you online like on Twitter put four different stipulations. You got to vote on the stipulations or uh-huh. like same uh-huh. thing, put the tag team up there or singles competitor. And here's your four options. Who do you want to see this person kind of face and let the fans vote? I, I kind of was thought of a cyber Sunday kind of show for the collective as kind of like yeah. a, for a fa- for the fans kind of show.
2: Yep. Like place the your votes,
1: Put a hashtag on it. Yeah. Send it. That's what I was kind of thinking. I of. like that idea. And then that gives the fans maybe something to talk about. Yeah. I oh, don't know. It was or that round like the whole time to talk about.
0: Yeah. But oh, going back to Willie Mac Starboy, this was fun. Like you said, I just think the crowd heard it a little bit, but I'm not blaming the crowd because they were obviously had to sit through a lot of wrestling four hours and right before new year's too. So, uh, I get why they were kind of not as interesting. And I'm sure some have
1: been drinking. Oh yeah. You know, if you've been drinking <laughs> for two, three, four hours, man, <laughs> you start to get a little tired after a while, you know? Yep. um, I'm trying to think of what else I really wanted to say. Okay, I don't want to be too rough, but I hope Starboy does find something in the way of a gimmick soon because just doing the um the route of sympathy can only go so far and for only so long. So, Number I mean, two. for me, for me, I see him possibly maybe embracing the Eddie Guerrero part, maybe going in and just keep working on his wrestling. Or he needs to fully embrace the um i guess I don't know if I call it the brother runt, but be the guy who always gets his ass thrown around, and that's just what the hell he is, yeah, you know he's just one of the he's just one of the he's a spike dudley I'm right there with that because I think
0: he needs a little
1: something like
0: tweak but like even though he did this tweak, it doesn't seem. I just want an explanation. Like maybe I'm just idiot. And I didn't didn't hear it one day or catch it, but like I just don't understand why all
1: of a sudden like you just go to a different song and overalls like I don't. I think know. he's in limbo. I think he's in limbo, and I also don't think he's doing everything he possibly could to show us what that character that he's adopted truly is. Now I don't know if that's via what he wears, via how he acts in the ring or possibly on the microphone. But I would like a clear explanation of what we're seeing when we see Starboy Charlie, because it shouldn't just be synonymous with sympathy. I would like to see what he has to offer. And I honestly would like to see him take the Eddie Guerrero route, because I think his build, the back, the muscle structure, everything about him just screams Eddie Guerrero. If he got tight, real tight on a lot of his shit, that may be where he goes. And on the indie scene with his size, height, whatnot, he just keeps bulking like he is. And as his body matures, he's going to thicken up and it's going to look great. I think he's going to do fantastic. I just want the poor guy to find his spot in wrestling and uh, just stick with it because I think that's all he's missing right now is a persona. I think he can wrestle really well. And Eddie Guerrero went
0: through the same thing like in the old WCW days and WWE when he was before Latino Heat, like... He was there like super good in the ring and talented and came in with the, oh my God, what were they called? The, the Rascals? Or, oh, that's why I thought two Rascals, but it wasn't the Rascals. I doubt the exact no, name no, I came no. in to. Uh, to we're on that wave like the rascals, no. But like he had, it was just, okay, you're good talented wise, but you need that something. As soon as he got that Latino hit, Latino heat gimmick and character, boom, he was off to another planet. And like, once again, one of these ones that we think just needs a little tweak right now. Is that that would be a small little tweak that could fix and I think it would benefit
1: him greatly as well. Well, it's just right now I'm like, what haven't I seen? What's new? I haven't. Yeah. There's nothing new. There's really nothing new. And so, I mean, tell everybody why you're at GCW. Tell me. You know, build your characters, show me a little bit because I want to know. I want to know why you're there. Because I see him come out, gets his ass kicked, walks off. I mean, he wears some hippie socks. Otherwise, I mean... He's got the overalls. I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm kind of confused. So I think he's in a limbo spot where um, he is where Blake Christian was character wise. Yep. I think six months to eight months ago where he was kind of still trying to find what's next for him. I think that's where Starboy is at. I don't know about microphone skills. I think maybe with some microphone time he might be able to explain who he is, what he's about. And I think that would give us the character depth that we may need so that we know why Starboy's there and why he matters to the GCW fans.
0: Or it could be like the silent emo kind of kid of like, Hey, try to, I'm trying to find myself. So I'm just going to stay to the corner and say to myself, but whatever I do make an appearance, I'm going to make an impact and I don't need to explain nothing. Cause I'm silent kind of thing. Like, I don't know that. So
1: it's like, like uh, Dylan McKay meets Darby Allen, yeah, kind like of that kind of a the emo uh, something like that, yeah. Got a death match on our hands next, my friend. And I'm kind of shocked that at this time. So going
0: into this match, I'm like, they got ten minutes. Like I thought for sure this would be the. Uh, team of yokai going against billy and brogdon i thought this would like okay 10 minutes real quick before the new Year's, and let's start the new year's off and this night with the main event of john wayne murdoch versus sawyer wreck but that ends up being the match before the countdown to new year's as you said death match between john wayne murdoch versus sawyer wreck is uh the co-main
1: event, so to say um of the night and i put it as a co we need a main event this would probably be closer to the the other one i thought this was just we'll go into the other one soon
0: yeah like well i I, at this point is when i feel the rest of the night
1: was rushed like uh so so with these death matches i think that we've become formulaic to the point to where we can pull off 12 minutes in seven or we can pull off nine minutes in six i think that's what's going on now um
0: because we've talked about great, like the four way, six minute death match that they did at the UK was fantastic. Oh, we, yeah, we would like to see more, but we don't need to see more. It did what it did, and, right. and this match, as you said, I think this is where you're going. This match did do everything in that six, seven minutes for
1: action. They runs. did everything they needed to. What else could they uh, you What I was at thinking this of, storyline, would have just
0: been oh, I think given me, more time, they could have put. Sawyer-Wreck over a little bit more and or gotten more heat on John Wayne Murdoch, given the amount of time. I think they could have played into John Wayne Murdoch kind of going a little bit more heelish if that's where they're going to go with him. Or if Sawyer-Wreck were to win and they're trying to get her more time, I think, like, they, if given some time, they could have slowed down some of these moves, get the crowd reaction, play up to the crowd that would have helped long-term. Like, I think Sawyer-Wreck get more over or get more heat on John Wayne Murdoch. But I just think with the eight minutes or seven minutes, it was, it was, nope, do this spot, do this spot, get blood, do this spot, and go. Like, there was not enough time. For in-ring action, it was perfect. But I think to for the purpose of this match, other than if it was just thrown together, I thought maybe they this was going to be the main event to kind of start the new year off with either John Wade Murdoch getting retribution for the way last year ended or for Sawyer Wreck to get... The jumpstart to 2023 that she's been kind of projected on the way 2022 ended. I just think storytelling, like between any of those two stories they could have told, there was zero time to do it. So that that's just isn't my if that's when that. they were going to go storyline. But for action,
1: I was fine for the seven minutes. It was perfect. Yeah, I think they said, look, we only have so much time before whatever. And we have this many weapons on our hands. Let's just start swinging. Yeah, Did that I kind of feel like rushed. that's what happened. Yeah, and I see that because so many tubes were broken in such a small amount of time. You know, and I think that's us maturing. Because if we were 16, we were like, yeah, more, more, more. I get it now. Like, as we get older, we go, okay. I'll be honest we with need you. this much. And-
0: Back in the day when I used to watch, what, what let's say, Raw, the Attitude Era Raw. Uh this Ken Shamrock versus Shawn Michaels would be a five minute match but there was just so much shit going on it didn't feel like it was short like it felt like oh that's normal where the longer matches, like oh my god why is this so long kind of thing where now as a uh, the mature you said mature wrestling fan like okay it's so long because they're telling a story I get it it's not just a train wreck in five minutes and stuff like that so it's kind of been like grow as you said growing into being more appreciative of these matches regardless of the times
1: all right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the old death match rundown that I like to do minute by minute, so I can kind of put down in words what was going on in this fun little match here. So the opening minute, we had a light tube across Sawyer's head. Then she got put through a pane of glass. Then Murdoch got put through a pane of glass. And then Sawyer was hit by a huge bundle of glass. Minute two. Sawyer's arm is bleeding really good. Murdoch was setting up chairs. He uh, went ahead and grabbed a bunch of tubes. Sawyer hit Murdoch with a bundle across the back. Minute three, tubes everywhere were being busted. Murdoch was primarily getting the worst of the offense throughout um, throughout this match. Minute four, Sawyer was hit with a gusset baseball bat. Then Murdoch takes that same gusset baseball bat fucking kicks her in the head with it, yeah, it back, at some point sawyer somehow gets up 10 15 20 seconds later and starts swinging tubes onto murdoch's head in like large 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 quantities minute five murdoch was begging for more punishment and Murda. and minute six sawyer hits a top rope choke slam onto four chairs but in the end our winner was john wayne murdoch he hit like this suplex slash brain through the glass it was a little bit of an awkward looking move, but that's why I say suplex slash brainbuster. I think it was supposed to be a suplex, but the ring can be a little slippery. It, it ended up being more of a brain buster, but uh, yeah, seven minutes. They, they didn't need to prove any more points. I'm trying to, I'm wondering how short they can get a death match. I think they can get it under six minutes. If they really try a believable just death match where it's just shit swinging i mean gcw in the last four months that not gcw the talent have become very good at putting 10 to 11 minutes worth of death match into eight and now we're looking at seven eight minutes sometimes for these smaller death matches and i only noticed because we've been reviewing them lately a lot more and i realize a lot more i'm saying they've packed so much into such a short amount of time I think it's a good thing. I think it's a really good thing that people are be able to come in go in, go out, prove their point done.
0: I like both. Yeah, yeah no, I like both. Like, I, I go back to that you came on that four way. Like, it was perfect. Like, yeah, we want to see more action, see craziness, but we don't need to. Everything was happened during that time. I, the ones I think that need to be long were the ones that tell kind of like a story, like a John Wayne Murdoch versus Alex Cologne or how it used championships, to be. Yeah, yeah, how it used to be Jimmy Lloyd and G Raver and stuff like that. So I like the long ones when there's a story to tell, but these short ones when there's just it's just a put together match, I'm all for it. Just boom, 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 get in, get out, and still have a bunch of action and still a bunch of blood and all that stuff, and it's a lot less, lot less time for or like. How am I gonna word this? Like less time the more time, the more chance you're gonna get hurt. The less time, the less probably chances you're gonna get hurt, even though you're doing a bunch of stuff in that time. But I think like yeah. given the fatigue as the longer the match goes and the fan fatigue of the match and trying to build up to spots and spots and get like keep building the the plot and stuff like that, I think. I'm all for a boom, boom, get it done. Like this match was fine, even though I know it felt rushed just because it was right before the new year and stuff like that. But as you said, like it's, it was fine seven minutes. It did what it needed to do.
1: Yeah. This was the last match slash death match of GCW in 2022. And, uh, I think it went out really interesting because we didn't know Sawyer at the beginning of 2022 that much. And now we do. So, murdoch gets out there at the end and does his indie thing he puts over sawyer and i think rightfully so i think with sawyer a lot of what really works for her is her look and the secondary then would be her toughness i think those are the two things that really work for her and for right now it's it's working very well for her i hope that she continues to keep kicking ass out there she is so gcw to me she has again a different look uh, but a heavy attitude. She's an ass kicker. She Takes no shit. That's a GCW style performer. <laughs> I'm happy. That was that was it, man. It only uh, it was seven minutes and done. And that's only because I think we had maybe three minutes left yeah. before New I, Year's. I day. think it
0: was like five. Yeah, I'm watching now five minutes. It wasn't much, right? No, it was five minutes. They all just came down to the ring. Like last year, they had way more time <laughs> before they went into the yeah. New Year. Um I think they went into
1: the the rap battle which was like 20 minutes before the new uh, uh, rap battle. Anyway, uh Gage's music hits out he comes. I I like this version better than the rap battle, I think. They oh, yeah. Okay, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, to me it's just there wasn't anything in it for me, so a rap battle meant nothing, I guess.
0: It was just and a fucking list thing for Emil things. to check off.
1: I really do think that's what it was and I think it was good that they did that. But yeah, I think that was just primarily just a one time thing and i like this one better though so yeah gage's music hits out he comes the rest of the performers are filing out almost immediately behind him everybody's getting into the ring and they are celebrating the new year together new year's countdown hits uh joey is definitely feeling the alcohol he <laughs> had the he had the kevin nash talk going on you mm-hmm. can see it in the lips and the face he he was he was, enjoying happy, he was enjoying the New Year, man. GCW did fantastic. He worked his ass off. He had a unique year. He deserved a good drink on New Year. So it was really fun. Um, Joey whoring himself out to anyone that'll kiss him. I thought that was fucking hilarious. And also I saw Rob shit drinking from his own fucking wrestling boot. Sweet. That's totally shit. Totally Rob shit. So um, yeah, basically happy New Year GCW and to fans.
0: And see, this is where I would have had, like, the main event. Like, the main event would have ended by now. This would have happened. Happy New Year's. You see them all cheering. And then all of a sudden, like, you hear the lights go out. And, like, maybe. if ML- I don't know if MLJ A J bad guy.
1: That. A bad guy would have been great. Cardona comes out and tries to spoil the whole fucking night.
0: Yeah. You see, you're going Talk farther. To me, you I'm going to end the show. Like, I was going to, like, all of a sudden the lights go out. But you hear, like, oh, shit. Like, from MLJ or from Dave Frazek, Like, something, like, prophetic. But, like getting the fan like and then you just see the GCW logo and the fans like right away like oh, what what do you mean like that's it what's going to happen what happened like I thought that would have drawn more interest and then boom go into the Joey versus Vikingo match with the fans there to start off the new year and stuff like that but I yep. this is where I thought like this is how the show should have ended for fight TV plus was this part where like I said something like it doesn't even need to it could have just been just a goodbye and see you tomorrow for next year and boom that's fine We've all had the match. We get yeah, to enjoy yeah. the new year, ring in the new year with them. Boom! You don't have to have another match to go into the new year. Like I get what they want to do, and they still could have done it with
1: Emily, or with uh, Joey Janela and Vikingo of saying um, that that could have been the best first match of the new year. Sure. I think that would have really been that interesting in overall difference. if they would have started the new one. year with a nice dark match. Just go out, go would get, get you one. Absolutely fantastic, and that would have been a great ending for the night too i think for everybody and i know Hold you together the best match is coming guys yeah the first match of 2023 we're kicking it off right we're kicking it off in style we're so sorry but it's it's just it's so restrictive you can only see it live from right here in ac calm down you need to come to this show we're ringing in the new year yep it would have been absolutely fantastic and then, yeah, they could have been like, you know what? And then, boom, the lights go out. And people like us sitting at home would have been like, oh, I wish I was there. And people who were there alive would have been happy they purchased the tickets. And then that's I, I wouldn't would have, have sat around night. for
0: 25 minutes wondering what I should do, for, like how much more time I have left be- before this and the next match. <laughs> I, I get it. I just. No, but I, um, I agree with you. Like,
1: that's exactly something they could have done right there. Yeah, and again, I no no scruples, no upset. No. I just I think that'd be something kind of cool, and that would have been a good ending to the night. Um, the reason why I say that was honestly this last match I was kind of just overall confused by, and I didn't really understand it um, or why it was put on. The only thing I'm thinking maybe, and I'm just being fair, is maybe they're just young talent, and maybe they're trying to ring in the new year with all the babies. You I know think they I mean? like, announced get all the, the young talent out there. They announced it like the day before that this match was happening. I think like
0: as we were recording like our last podcast of that year, like they just tweeted that out, like "oh, here's like another quick like last minute match," and we were like, "okay,", okay yeah. but like but I didn't. why at the end? Like it's so I, weird. They messed up something. I, I, that's all I could think of. I think there was. I think, um, a last said, adjustment. I think even Joey said. I think even Joey said we fucked up the time, and you still got one more match left. So, like, because we fucked up, kind of thing. Interesting. It, Interesting. I don't know the okay. full details, but I think that I remember Joey saying that, even like in the rings, like, "Hey, sorry guys, we got one more fucking match because we fucked up earlier and stuff like that." But wow, huh. yeah, I, I don't know. Like this, just, like nothing against these competitors. It's it's midnight the fans are it done not, no but- it's
1: just not a main event that's all it really yeah. wasn't a main event that's the only thing i don't mean nothing bad for anybody it just it wasn't It just i don't know what it was maybe that like you said maybe the the night should have ended right after new year's and you know i don't know but i mean i saw things out there that really it just it just didn't seem right and i felt bad for all the people involved I really felt bad for Billy. She comes out there, she runs, she gets ready to grab the the ring and she slips and falls. And I'm like, man, that's a great way to fuck up something. Like that's a great way. It's, it's not the first time. It probably isn't going to be the last we see a performer fall on their ass from liquids or glass or something on the side of the ring. But yeah, we got to clean that up. And number two, I don't know who did it, but maybe someone should have a rule where they don't pour shit outside the ring. Yeah, I don't know. it's it's a weird one. That's a weird one. And again, though, accidents happen. You know, how am I gonna be rough on someone? Accidents happen. It was New Year's too, man.
0: That's why I go? thought it would have should have ended on New Year's. Like they've always had a match afterwards, which is like fine, but I think like they've had like crazy matches to start off the new year. Like, so it made well, that's sense. That's
1: what I'm saying. I think that would have been good. That would have been better to start off. You know what? Why didn't they just switch this match? With the previous match, that's what I was saying. they could have just started with, you know, and also I didn't get too much into it, but I think Sawyer Wreck would go really good with a veteran deathmatcher if he would take them or she would take them under their wing. I think that she would grow by having someone beside her teaching her a little more. She's damn near, she is standalone on her own, but I think having someone who stands beside her going, this bitch is a badass would help a little. Yeah, that's that's going. But yeah, this was an okay match. Um, poor Yoya got dropped on his head at one point, unfortunately. Uh, again, I feel bad. This is one of those matches I probably won't come back to. I nothing bad, but nothing good kind of thing. I really just they were just putting. I'm in trying, the, trying to shine something here. They were putting a bad position. Put or... position. I feel bad for them because if this was JCW or if this was the middle of the card, I would have been you know kind of okay with what was going on but it just the placement was weird and i'm sure there's a reason that we don't know of and that's perfectly fine but i do want to just say as a fan it was just so awkward and i don't want to say too much more about it because there's there's really no reason to it was nobody's fault it was just weird match placement and it's i don't think it was the way to start 2023
0: or they should have had this match, like, off, like, pre-taped, like, taped before the actual show starts. And then during the Joey versus Vikingo match, they could have shown this match as this was
1: going on for, like, like TV crap. videos. Like, I don't that know. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> like, I, just, I don't know. Just have one match before like this match. whole thing kicks off, and then you play the dark match during the intermission. Holy shit.
0: That's the that's one thing I just thought wow. of, like. Then wow. like the, it never, it's nonstop for the people in the crowd. And then at least at home, it turns into nonstop. Well, cause they did do a brief intermission after to clean up the area before. the Like, I think that's where Joey said, Oh, we got to clean all this shit up guys. We got one more match. Cause we fucked up the time and here we go. Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So I, I just, I feel back. that I do like all four competitors. Like I like them too. I just think they're put just, in a bad right. position and it's, it is what it is. It's, It's not a giant big deal, but it just was kind of... No, it's not. Just kind of, like, disappointing and didn't make any sense, No lie,
1: No lie. That match may be worth something way more 10 years from now. Yeah. Brogan Finley, you don't think his ass isn't going to be in AEW or WWE? His last name is Finley. Yeah. He's going to get a shot. He's going to get multiple shots. And then you have Billy Starks. She's going somewhere someday. It's just a matter of which spot. So there's another one right there where maybe this team of Starks and Brogan might be worth looking at 10 years from now when they go, Oh cool. You know, we have them on film when they were babies.
0: And I felt bad too, just cause all the fans, like obviously after the new years, they left, like most of the fans just left. And like, that's gotta be heartbreaking as a performer. Like you're starting off the it new is. year it's, off it's and always. then you just see half the crowd's gone. Cause they don't want to like, it's not that they don't want to stay and see you. It's just, it's freaking, it's been a four hour show at to this point. As you said, it's new years. People are drunk. It's everyone's outside now celebrating on the, probably the pier or the boardwalk out yeah. there at the, the show boat yeah. and stuff. So I, I don't know. I just think I it get the whole point of ending the year off at that t- time. But I just think it's gotten to the point now just for the fans there where like, even like a lot of the AC regulars I didn't see there because like it's new year's. They got other shit to do. It's so new years. I don't know. They, maybe they should do it like earlier in the day. So that way fans could do something at night or just end it at the new years and go celebrate, have like an after party with the fans or something there in the show boat, do karaoke. I don't know, but I just felt, I have an idea. But,
1: I would do a live watch along on YouTube and I would invite fans for free. Between 11 to 1 a.m., if you don't have anything else to do, no family, no friends around that you can talk to or be with during New Year's, you can uh, ring in the New Year's with GCW and they put on, you know, a two-hour mishmash of some stuff that they put together and maybe a couple little New Year's wishes and I don't know. I mean, It's really good. Uh, for a live stream. Give me a live stream even would be kind of cool to just celebrate with those who can't be with their families. There's performers there that didn't make it home.
0: Yeah, and I I think it was it's good for us on the West Coast because they ended at nine nine thirty. I still got New Year's coming up right. later, but right. I just feel bad for like the people on the West Coast. I think it's kind of hurts them a little bit out there. So I'm not like complaining like All I'm the just, East
1: Coasters. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like I'm not complaining on my end. Like I only complain about the intermission. Like I just I feel like I just they gotta have it timed and then you just gotta tell Vikingo like hey you hey like work on get in television time. You got fifteen minutes. Finish this shit in fifteen minutes like kind of stuff. Because we are on a live program but I just whatever. Not, not a big deal, but uh Yokai team Yokai does pick up the victory as they slam Brogan while Yoya uh ran and hits the knees to the back. I just skip into the end there just because like there's not much to talk about during this match. They just kind of went out, and put on a quick little seven-minute match that, that once again, also seemed rushed, just because of the crowd and they're probably everyone trying to get out of there and the end of the night and go have fun. So, I do like the team of Brogan and Billy, though. They did like a lot of cool taxi moves of like the Swanton with the like Northern Lights suplex onto the corner happened at the same time and stuff like that. I just wish they would have had more time, more fans, like. I think this could have been like how the opening match was the East West East West express and, um, wasted youth. I thought this would be a nice showcase talent of more young,
1: young talent, what they could do given in the tag team situation. I'm, I'm happy with that, man. I'm, uh, I've, I've, I think we talked a lot about something that really didn't go very long. It was just, the whole thing was just weird, man. And I'm happy. We, I'm happy we got through it and just pushed on with the rest of the evening. Um, I have to say that was the weirdest match placement and the weirdest, I don't, that was the biggest head scratcher match-wise that I think I've had to review. That's what I meant to say. But moving on, do you want to do some memorable moments? Memorable moments, baby. Here we go. All right, so for mine, I wanted to start with that opening match featuring four up-and-coming young talents. There's a lot of talent in that ring, and I'm really thankful that GCW showcases these guys. We really asked for a long time to see that east-west connection going on there. And there it is. So the Express is running high. They've put a lot of time into team moves. I hope we see a belt on them sometime. Uh, My next memorable moment would be the Deppen and Slater matchup. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, Again, we asked for that, and we got it somehow. If someone's listening, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I feel like it really delivered, it looked like it really delivered, and the fans were obviously very happy. third memorable moment was the interaction between Gage and Maki Ito. I'm really intrigued by what possible storylines may be there, and I'm also intrigued by what possible push Ito's character may get down the road and into 2023. Also Stackhouse with that twisting tope through the middle and top rope, uh, that's a lot of man. Going through there, it's a hell of a lot of man to be twisting at the same time. That motherfucker's a badass. Uh, I haven't had a chance to say something to him, but I got to send a little note when I get a chance and tell him that was absolutely jaw-dropping. The Bailey and Scorpio, that hard-hitting match that they had, was actually one of my favorites of the night. I really like how that went down. I'm a big fan of that style of a match, and they really delivered. And again, if that was any other kind of match... I wouldn't have had such a high respect of Tukold. Cold. Um, he just gained more just by going through that match alone. And then last, it was just kind of cool seeing um, GCW ring in the new year with their fans. I thought it was really cool that they did that. And um, I think their hearts are in the right place. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the next year.
0: Yeah, I do like it as a, it is kind of like a new year's tradition now the last two years for us. We just, cause we don't want to go outside with all the craziness. We just yeah, stay yeah. at home and watch GCW and hang out and watch it. I do like how it does go to the new year's. I just, I think it just kind of hurts the East coast fans a little bit, but not my, uh, not my thing to have to deal with the worry about. So, uh, my memorable moments was yes. Nice seeing the East West express finally being acknowledged as a tag team, like, full on with the name and everything. And they absolutely kind of started the show off really hot against another young tag team with Dylan McCain, Marcus Mathers, the wasted youth. Uh, all four definitely showed why I think they're going to be forces to reckon with in the future of GCW or just wrestling in general. Um, Seeing Leon Slater going against Tony Deppin, since that was the first name that we said out of our mouths when we saw Leon was to go against Tony Deppen To finally see it happen one-on-one was awesome. Even though Leon lost, I think he showed that he deserves to be part with GCW as a GCW regular. Hopefully we'll get that. And um, seeing the tag team title match of Los Macisos going against Mashakira, Kira, that, that was surprisingly one of the best. Not surprisingly, I didn't think I knew it would be good. I just didn't think it could be that good. And they all stepped it up and it was fantastic. And I loved how they did that match all over the arena or all over the showboat stuff. So I think that just helped Akira and Masha's stock just go up. I hope we see Akira a lot more in GCW. Uh Other than what we've had lately, just like I think I think I said a couple episodes prior. We haven't seen him in a while. Then, boom, he got announced for this card. So... Hopefully with this performance, he will stay on. And I think he needs to kind of stay on to kind of fill a void with Alex Cologne uh, in the GCW, like the death matches. I think they there's kind of a void there a little bit with some of the bigger names, not wrestling death matches as much. And I think Akira could kind of come in and start doing the crazy death match stuff that we've seen when he first started in GCW with TOS and Alex Cologne. So uh, maybe Akira and John Wayne Murdoch have... Some unsettled business or as friends or frenemies or whatever they are now. That could be a possible storyline. But that tag match was incredible. And I'm glad to see uh, Los Macisos retain the tag titles. Because as you said, we hope to see the East West Express. They do get another shot at the GCW tag titles. Um, I forgot what show it was announced, but it's going against Los Macisos, which... Mm. Uh, I wish it was fucking L.A. Unfortunately, it's not. (laughs) That would be... That's what I get Mm -hmm, for missing the mm -hmm. first matchup of not going to see them when they faced off the first time in L.A. This was payback for me. This is the karma. I should have gone the first time. But I can't wait for that match. And maybe that will be... As I like passing of the... Not torch, but passing of the belts. And then maybe Los Mestizos could kind of start doing their own thing on the individual deathmatch scene. Because I think it's... Like I said, the deathmatch... Think they're just missing a couple top end competitors to kind of fill the void and to have it a little bit more often. And I, those CISOs are absolutely ones that could fill that and add a lot of name value to the ultraviolet division or the extreme division as well.
1: <laughs> I'm listening, man. I'm just I got like, you. Mm-hmm. Nope, you're good. No, you you loaded it all in there, and I'm like, damn, your memorable moments were better than mine for sure. No, 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 no. I don't have you. <clears throat> Um No, that's okay. But you explained them a fuck ton better than I did. Um, <laughs> OK, so what about upcoming shows? Do you want me to kind of nail out some upcoming shows coming up or because I have them listed here if you want me to run them? Yeah, let's uh, quickly run through them real fast. OK, quickly. Here we go. All right. So the first show coming up next will be GCW. Don't talk to me. That's on January 20th from Charlotte, North Carolina, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Right now we're looking at Vikingo versus Gringo Loco, Jordan Oliver versus Carrie Morton, Champagne versus uh, Cole Radrick, Boothy versus the team of Mason and Pero, Los Macisos versus the Ugly Ducklings, Nick Wayne versus Ares, and Nick Gage will be appearing at that show. Again, that's on January 20th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. The second show coming up then will be GCW's Take a Picture 2023, January 21st, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. This is coming from Huntsville, Alabama. The first match we're showing here that's been advertised is Los Macizos versus the East West Express. Dude, your heart has to be torn. Uh, Deppin versus Priest. Blake versus Cabana Man Dan. Marco Stunt versus Action Mike Jackson, also with an appearance from Nick Gage. The last show, he said no, the last show was uh, GCW versus New South. This is coming from Florence, Alabama, January 22nd, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Bussy versus the Carnies. Los mesisos versus Infrared. Tony Deppen versus Brandon Williams. Uh, Blake Christian versus Hunter Drake. And again, an appearance by Nick Gage. Maybe a couple appearances by Nick Gage. So that's what's coming up this weekend. That's the 20th, 21st, and 22nd. And we will be watching along with you. Yeah, that's a busy weekend coming up for us as well. Um, okay. So
0: just to give the listeners update, we are going to try to catch up as best we can. Um, I'm not promising anything uh, at all in the near future um, of when episodes will be put out or if we'll stay on track or anything like that. It's kind of going to go as a as we go basis to kind of see because, like, like I said, uh, the reason we didn't record for those last couple of weeks, I've had... Um, a family emergency happened and it's still kind of being settled, but uh, we were able to kind of make time for this one and we'll see when the next time we can make time for the next episode, but we're going to try to try to catch up, but I'm not going to promise of catching up in time before all these next shows. So the, if you are it. catching we'll this out. late, yes, if you are catching this after these shows, which obviously you are like, and if it's after like the next shows uh, I do apologize, but we will try our best and we do appreciate the listens and all that stuff um that we are still doing here so uh we'll see when this this episode will hopefully be put out on the 17th
1: (laughs) if i get through it tonight
0: but cool cool we will yeah yeah. we're just going to play catch up as best we can and we just uh, we always
1: get it we always get it done and we always have something yeah we always do we got it
0: but we will do our best and it's going to be fun either way whenever it does come out will be our typical shenanigans that we always do
1: we've got this so all right, then um, we don't know when the next one is yet, but we're going to get it together. I'm going to have that review written up. So as soon as you are ready, we will pop that off. But yeah, it's a new year. This is our first one. I don't know how long this recording went, but it went a while, right? Uh, yeah, I think we're pushing close to three hours here. Oh, for sure. Good. Good.
0: And with it being a new year's, maybe we could start off the new year the right way and get GCW.
1: Oh, ending yeah, yeah. outright. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'll happen. All right, you ready? Let's That's try it.
0: Send them out like we do, hopefully the right way this time.
1: Yeah. All right, you ready? All right. Long. long oh, we fucked up already. Live. Live. G-C-W. W. Yeah, fuck it. See you later, guys. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year.